1: sense, and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze.
2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Gonzalez in on the Morning Blaze with Jason Buttrell.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, Where's... Where did your gravelly voice
3: go? You said that last night on the phone when I was like brooding, trying to find my lost shirt.
2: He was. I called him and he he answered and he was like, "Hello, yes, hi." And I'm like, "What is wrong with you? I'm trying to find this shirt. I can't find it for like two weeks." This
3: this struggle is real. I've been. This has been a jihad of mine for like literally like two weeks. I cannot find this shirt. What's the shirt? It's it's my Space Force shirt. Uh, oh, dude. You know that one? Yeah. I is, understand
2: why you would need to find that. That's the
3: dopest shirt. shirt that I have. Everyone gives me compliments. And I think that my wife did it on purpose. <laughs> you wore too much. Is, you know, I think this is a Latina thing. So both of you could probably have
4: some perspective well, it okay. is. If it's not pink well, or white, all, you, 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 it's not going to work. Because we had this all, conversation racist. about the pink shirts and the purple shirts oh, and those weird colors. What about thing, them? Right.
2: I love those.
4: See? There we go. Oh,
2: okay. So that's a, a Latina thing. Purple and pink Ooh, shirts. Yeah, but, but yes. more
4: importantly, yes, we're forcing that Forced, on them. Yes, men. forcing them on your significant others. Like, hey, you will wear this. Oh, I'm absolutely. Like, Which, and then the <laughs> options are either the pink or the purple. So there's I was like, yeah. So somehow I'm still getting kind
3: of screwed. So I was. So I was actually. She tries to force like chubby shorts. And oh, pink those are or purple. okay. Hold on. Now shut up. Come on, man. Come shut on,
4: up. man. Those are good. That is bro status. You have to be bro status for that. It, yeah, I like, know it is. Bro, like a nice polo shirt with a. Oh, dude. No. You're you know a, what? You're
2: like no. a frat brother. Yes.
4: No, no, no. All you, you gotta celebrate your your look, Brett Kavanaugh week. So look at the. I, <laughs> you gotta get the chubs on. So you think
2: that she, uh, accidentally threw it in the trash? Maybe.
4: Uh, I'm no, starting. Kidding. I'm starting to wonder. I've checked she, every single. She doesn't single... like it.
2: I gotta tell you, if I ever had the opportunity to throw away my fiance's alabama hat that is like
3: (laughs) it's ripped
2: it's coming apart like it's uh, the entire fabric is about to just completely pull off
3: and it's alabama i mean (laughs) yes but mostly i'm
2: just like this is so ratty can you please take off this hat it's time for a new one no it's molded to my head i'm just like whatever
3: well that's that is an important thing though when you get the perfect mold but you just don't understand how long does
2: that take
3: it, it can months, take years it can take yeah. a lifetime yeah. it's oh, kind of like discovering Jason. who you are oh, <laughs> that's so yes, dramatic. That, is, that is so true speaking <laughs> of
2: uh speaking of wives how's how's married life chris yeah.
4: amazing is it really yep so you get you to guys, have sex you, and you have someone to cook for you <laughs>
2: i thought you, i thought you did the cooking
4: yeah i do so dude really i know i love cooking dude cooking has become my thing you have like a puerto rican uh, twist yes yeah yes it's uh, sofrito you might know about that one sazon sofrito is the 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 goya one is like orange color and it has like all the flavors of puerto rico in there hmm. all the flavors that of
3: puerto that rico. sounds like a
4: segment for tomorrow okay <laughs> right. no but yeah i cook no it's fun it's uh let's so you see you guys
2: still love each other
4: oh no it's hate That's yeah fun. oh it's always hate. Do you, it, you, uh, have I you figured, had any
2: really stupid fights yet
4: uh yes actually last night what what happened? I didn't want her coming to come into work, and she said you have to. I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you don't tell me what I need to do. Then she wants me to change my schedule to kind of mimic uh, her schedule because she wants to spend more time together. Aww. And then she wants me to have to be up in the middle of the day.
3: Why? I'm just hearing that it sounds like she is thinking this is a partnership. And, Absolutely, um, this is not a not partnership. A
4: <laughs> this is not. Wow. I'm just lucky that the three uh, that the thirty thousand dollar check that mom and pop from her side gave me cleared. So i'm good wait what yeah that was my gift wow i was like yes
3: that's like some my big fat greek wedding type yeah
4: yes Wow. and i was more like is this a payment like do you want me to leave her now like uh, are we good <laughs> and then on friday <laughs> here you go no, no, On go friday. away yeah on friday boss <laughs> man pulled me to his office and I was like so how's marriage life and i'm like it's good he's like you know you married into a good family right like I did not know that Glenn knew my in-laws on a super personal level. Oh, he does. Yes, that's like pressure. Yeah, that no pressure. is pressure. No pressure at Absolutely. All. Like the guy who signs my paycheck is checking up on me. If I'm, if I'm, if if I'm making sure that my in-laws are in good health and happy with me, I'm like, that's kind of creepy, yo. Dang.
2: So, do you? You've been married a really long time, right? Yeah. How long?
3: Uh, I'm gonna put you on the
2: spot here. You don't even remember.
3: It's 17 15.
2: years. Okay. So we get, you, you guys have the stupid fights all the time, right?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. So, oh. but what is a stupid fight though?
2: It's like a f- you get so angry and so fired up, and then you're like, "Why am I so mad about this?" It's but really well, see, that's not a big me deal. every
4: day. So it's it's <laughs> like I live on ten, as this Sarah, as anybody right here. I live in ten. Like I'm uh, I'm there already.
3: Yeah. So no, I'm no, I'm I'm so like you guys know me. I'm like I don't I don't really fight with anyone. Unless, so like, I'm really, really mad. I'm just, like, really, like, whatever. Yeah. Nothing bothers me. Well, you me. have
4: to because you were. Everything's an, a joke. You, were, you know? Yeah, you were a protected guy. Mm. So, like, you can't get all hothead quickly. It's true. You have to assess the situation, assess the threat. It's true. Is it really
3: worth my time? Right. So, it's like, so the little things, like, really, really get at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, it's, just, it's, the, it's the little things. And, like, you I mean, I'm Totally not, sit up. I'm not saying women like nitpick and badger oh, they do. Over, over time. Okay, you won't well, say I'm it. I'm just kind of saying. I'm you not won't saying say it.
2: You but say it. It. You're not
4: <laughs> it. Here. Let's I mean,
2: do- you pretty much just said it, Jason. <laughs> Let's do the
4: Keisha. Yes, sir, this Keisha could not talk. as the lawyer. Let me. Yes, they nitpick. And uh, they, <laughs> it's like Marge in the. I ear. mean, if you like, would just uh, do
2: what you were supposed to do the first time, we wouldn't have to nitpick. And then, That's all I'm saying. There's
3: some wisdom to that. There's some... See, 17 years of marriage will let me agree with you a little bit on that, <laughs> I think. I, but yeah, it's like, you know, it's a... It's not a struggle, but I it's like it's it's funny as when I talk to people that have been married uh, that are just getting married. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's great, you know, like this this year is going to be great. Yeah. You know, the next 5 years are probably going to be great with little stupid things, but there's going to be times the ten year when you're like, yeah, sometimes. But there's going to be times when you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I tell you what, This is like this is getting way too deep for this early in the morning. I know.
2: I was just kind of going to talk about a stupid fight that we just had the other day,
3: but 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 I like this. Hold on, I want to know where you're going because I need this. Well, I was like, I was like, there's gonna be times when you're like, this is, I can't do this anymore. But like, there's some. I I was with a really famous, really crazy famous person.
4: It's me. You don't have to.
3: And she goes, and I was like, I was, uh, I think I'd been married for like maybe five years at the time, and she goes, you know what the secret to marriage is? And uh, or having a long marriage is. I was like, blow. what? And she goes, I don't no. think
2: that was it. <clears throat> I don't think she that, goes, that was it.
3: <clears throat> she goes, it's very simple. Don't get divorced. And I was like, oh. So I was like, it was what? Well, it's it's, that it's okay. It sounds very simple, but there's going to be times when it's very easy to give up. Mm-hmm. And oh. you always just got to take a step back and say, look, yeah, it's horrible right now. Next year might be even worse, but it will get better.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, usually it will get better unless you just have a really crappy partner. And then maybe sometimes it doesn't get better. But
3: there's some wisdom in that, I too. Guess. I think there are some relationships where you just have to, you know, some things just happen. Right. But this, right. we're talking about the little stupid things. Yes. Yeah. The
2: little stupid things. The so, toilet,
3: the towel on the
4: floor, the yes. toothpaste. Yeah. Right. So
2: <laughs> uh, over the weekend, uh, there was the Texas OU Red River rivalry it used to be Red River shootout. Heart but attack game. We can't say game. that, can't say oh that anymore. I know, right? It was gosh. a great game. Uh, you know, Texas, I think, has exceeded expectations so far, at least for me from a fan point of view. And uh, Alabama, of course, happened to play the same day. That's my fiance's team. He went there. He, it's it's an obsession. Um, and that is an understatement. Uh, and I mean, it, right before we started dating, did you notice he wore Alabama stuff literally every day? Oh, he yeah. Yeah. was a freak. All Man. he owned—that was all he owned. It's
4: really weird. I was, did not. I knew like football players. I mean, I knew like football fans, but I never met someone like this. It was yes. Like, I was like out Dude, of control. Do you have any other clothes? I know, out like, of control. I know like, you want to support them, but do you have anything else? And like,
2: okay, we get it. We get it. You're, and I a fan. was like,
4: are they paying you? Because if they are, that's a whole, that's a whole different scenario. <laughs> like I will wear anything you send me if you pay me to wear it. Yes, but you Harry, just way, your class is way too red. Right? Yes. It says red and A with the little yes, the a little fancy A. Yeah. yeah no, so too much.
2: So he's, uh, I mean, just obsessive about uh, Alabama and college football and. Texas had a great game. Uh, we've been struggling for, it feels like forever now. Just the team has not shown up. And finally, it looks like we have a good team again. Things are clicking. We're back, you know, in the top 25. I mean, we're back in the top 10 right now. But so uh, there were people, including me, who after the game were saying, you know, what Texas is back. Now, we didn't mean... Texas is about to win a national championship. We just meant, <laughs> wow, we finally we don't suck anymore. Yeah, we finally have a decent team. We right. can finally look forward to some wins or at least some really good games. And uh he at the end of the night just started complaining about <laughs> all of the ugh, these Texas fans who keep saying Texas is back. I'm like, I literally just tweeted that two hours ago. What is wrong with that? <laughs> and we got into the most ridiculous fight. About whether or not Texas was back and what that actually <laughs> meant. And I said, it doesn't mean we're, we're about to be a dynasty like you. Okay. We're just saying we are a pretty good team now. And he just started, well, I don't think that you should be saying that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, what an arrogant Alabama fan. And I got so angry because he was dissing my team. And then I was just like, why? Why are we fighting about this? You this tell ridiculous.
3: But you could have. Did you counter with the <clears throat> Nick Saban's not always going to be at Alabama? I So your know. time is coming. I, uh,
2: well, he he has it. He does admit that and he knows it. But so I just and I was just, you know, I'm like, OK, we're getting married in December. I we're, We have the we never fight. But when it does happen, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And. Uh, just so trivial. Yeah. Uh, Chris, did you guys do the uh, the the Texas premarital thing, the Texas premarital counseling?
4: Oh yeah, Carrie. Did you do it? Yeah, with Carrie. Carrie, uh, she, as we all know, she left and then she became a pastor. Uh, I did it through her. It was fantastic. Wait, what is this? Is this a requirement? Okay, yes. so
2: th- so th- well, it's, this is how they get you because I was reading this and it made me so mad. So. You can pay eighty-one dollars to get married. <laughs> or just yeah, with without that. Or you can only pay twenty-one dollars and you take this course. It's like eight hours. You take an eight hour course.
4: Oh, mine was uh with care. I think it was eight weeks.
2: Eight two, weeks?
4: Because it was once a week we met.
2: Okay, but was it for an hour each time?
4: Uh some days. Some days we got two you know talkative and we ended up like two hours
2: yeah that's a long time well
4: it was uh it was very interesting because it uh what's her name carrie got to see me at a different perspective because it was more serious and i was i'm still all jokes um but yeah it was it was very cool but that thing gotta be careful with it because even though i went through the whole thing i still had to pay 81 dollars. what yes
2: so was it? Which was, was her course not approved or something? No,
4: it was, but uh, the system was down, and they could not verify that I went through the class. Oh, so I still had to pay eighty one dollars. So you
2: did it all for nothing?
4: No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, I don't. It's I don't so understand this. Like,
2: Well, I mean, the state wants your money.
4: So how much? How much does the course cost? I think it's free. Oh, I don't know. Did you have I to don't pay? Know. Well, no, because I went to Kerry so. All right. right. Yeah. Okay. So it's either sure. pay
3: eighty dollars or twenty in a course that no one wants to take. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it.
2: Yeah. So it says it's a two together in Texas. T W O. Yeah. yeah. Together in Texas, and it appears to be free. And it says uh, you can learn conflict management, communication skills, and key elements for building a healthy marriage.
3: All right. I'm just
2: like I'm not trying to have the state. <clears throat> Give me a course in communication.
3: Yeah. You know, we're not having the we're not having the right conversation on marriage. No, we're we're just not the the everyone is like, you know, it's we should you know, it should be, you know, legal for, uh, you know, same sex couples to have, you know, to be married and you know, and that should be our torch bearing issue and all that stuff. No, that should not be your torch bearing issue. On one hand, who cares who gets married? Yeah. On one, I, I don't care who gets married. What we should be saying is, no, the state has, should have no exactly. business whatsoever administering marriage. Yeah, They should not be involved at all.
2: Right. I know. And I mean, on top at of that, all. you have to pay them and you get some sort of a you know bonus. You don't have to pay as much if you take their specific course, their approved course. Yeah. It's absolutely insane when yeah. you think about it. All right, coming up, uh, we are going to talk Kavanaugh, his swearing in, and the comments that Trump made, I thought, were a little bit interesting. Uh, So we'll get into that next.
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network.
2: Jason, did you see any of the uh, swearing in of Kavanaugh? I I saw
3: headlines. Yeah. Uh, I I just know there was some controversy around. So I did not know. I did not hear any of that.
2: Well, first of all, Kavanaugh dared thank his friends and family for supporting him. That was that was super controversial.
3: I love how everyone is just like now. It's just the new norm that he is guilty. He's a rapist, and somehow slid into the Supreme Court. I read an article. I wish I would have brought it in this morning. Dang it! But uh, it was from the New York Daily News, mm-hmm. and it was some. Well, that was feminist. your first mistake. I know, right? But <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't help it because I think it was on Drudge or something. Yeah. But like it, it was like that's it. Like this rapist got on the Supreme Court, and then women are so like we should be afraid. And I'm like, what? And they're like, literally, like, you would think that the next line was going to be, you know, or, or like a breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. Women have begun being rounded up. They are being rounded up right now. They are being forced into that baby making happening? programs. Is
2: that not what's happening?
3: Is it? I mean, you, are, you should be, I should, we should be armed this morning because we should protect you because we're not going to stand for this. Dang it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> uh, but I thought that it was a, a little bit interesting. Trump was kind of fiery, but in a passive aggressive way uh, <laughs> towards everyone who smeared Kavanaugh's name. Let's play that clip. It is a uh, Trump at Kavanaugh's swearing in.
5: I would like to begin tonight's proceeding differently than perhaps any other event of such magnitude. On behalf of our nation, I want to apologize to Brett and the entire Kavanaugh family for the terrible pain and suffering you have been forced to endure. Those who step forward to serve our country deserve a fair and dignified evaluation, not a campaign of political and personal destruction based on lies and deception. What happened to the Kavanaugh family violates every notion of fairness, decency, and due process. Our country, a man or a woman, must always be presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty. And with that, I must state that you, sir, under historic scrutiny... We're proven innocent, thank you
2: okay I disagree with that last part. I think that was going a little bit too far he Brett Kavanaugh was not proved innocent he we just didn't see any evidence to say he was good I mean what do you think Jason because this isn't a court of law so we can't say that he's for sure innocent no right
3: uh, <laughs> You know, the thing with all of the president's speeches... I just is wish that, that he
2: would just... Why didn't you just end right there?
3: It probably did.
2: And then he just had to just give that extra...
3: Yeah. Ugh, you can always he tell... Can't he can't help himself. You can always tell when he jumps off prompter. You can always tell. Because either he repeats himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he'll re- he'll read a line like... Okay, this is just a random line for later in the show, but... Turkey concludes Saudi journalist Jamal Boba, killed by murder team sources, say. And then he'll look off and he'll go... Look- Killed by murder team, yes, <laughs> um, horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so. You, you uh, but also when things little lines like that, where he was doing great, yeah. And I don't. I mean, yeah, we can nitpick that. Uh, I, and I agree with you. He hasn't been proven, you know. But uh, I think that that was probably added in. I would hate to be his speechwriter.
2: Well, I do yeah, a lot no of writing kidding.
3: for Glenn, you know, and yeah. other people here, and
2: yeah, it must <laughs> be such a frustrating thing, you know, with a speechwriter sitting there, and they're like, what I. No, I didn't write that. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you saying no? No, stop there. Go back yeah. to the script. That's what you pay me to do.
3: Yeah. You know what's weird is I remember um, during the uh, during the uh, George W. days, like I was terrified of him ta- of him speaking, and I was like, just stick to the script, get the heck out of there. And it was so weird, like you know, he everybody like on Saturday Night Live and all the comedians like they're doing now would just have a field day with everything he said. The guy is actually extremely smart. Yeah. Like now that the, the cameras are not on W, like he's like very, very like, yes. he's, well, he's he's always been like, he's always been charming, but he's so much more charming. He's like stops, gathers himself, thinks about what he's going to say. Yes. He says, usually says something pretty like, you know, really sincere and just smart and intelligent. But like before I was scared to death Yeah, and I have a similar feeling now. Really? Yeah. It's because I, it's, I, everything like policy. You didn't really
2: sound too sure about that. Well, I mean. I don't
3: know No, I'm always scared to death every time he like, you know, talks to a bunch of people because I think that he's <laughs> going to wander off script. Yeah. I think that he's got a lot of like Good people around him, so like I, policy wise, I've got no issues whatsoever, except for the whole tariff forgetting thing. Hashtag Terra forgetting. That's all me.
2: That was a good job of still to put that hashtag. No, out that was there.
3: all me. <laughs> uh, but uh, but so policy wise, like I have no no issues. So like most speeches, like if it was not like a if he's not going off on the campaign speech, you know, like yeah. rant then I would have no issue whatsoever. But it's those little little points right there, those final lines. He just has to
2: add, yes, he just has to add it. Like everything he said was true. And I was happy that he came out and said that. Yeah. I apologize on behalf of America. Yeah. I mean, can you even imagine how mad that made the left? Don't, you don't apologize for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't (laughs) apologize. Uh, But I was looking at uh, the Daily Wire. They had a poll out that said independents are disapproving of the Dems treatment of Kavanaugh. So it kind of lends to our theory that this is going to backfire on the Democrats in November, that the average American does not think that this is right. The average American does not agree with the fringe left. I know it's in our faces all the time and it's all over social media. So we tend to think we're all doomed because this is how the left really believes, but I don't, I don't think that that's true, and this poll just lends to that. It says uh, before Kavanaugh was confirmed and before any of these hearings came up, 41% wanted Kavanaugh confirmed compared to 51% who opposed him. So the independents, 51% opposed him. That's a pretty big number. But after the Democrats treated him the way that they did, uh, there was a 56% who decided they disapproved of the way that they treated Kavanaugh. Which then they, so it kind of flip-flopped. It went from, we don't really like Kavanaugh to, actually, we really disapprove of the way that you're treating him. And, you know, we think that it's a disgrace.
3: Thank you, Michael Avenatti. I know. Straight up. If Avenatti keeps his mouth shut and doesn't go off on this ridiculous uh, sweat-knit claim then things probably would have been a lot different.
2: You don't think that, that they would have done this, that this would have transpired even just with Dr. Ford? And Well, because when Avenatti came out, it was Dr. Ford and Deborah Ramirez who both said that something happened. Of course, Deborah Ramirez was way tamer. It was like he put his junk in my face at a yeah. college party. Uh, but but there were those two claims. So you don't think that we would have gone down this road without Michael Avenatti?
3: I think that it would have been a whole lot Well, I I think that there were so many gettable senators that were so on the fence about this and they were in vulnerable areas uh, in their districts, you know, in their Mm -hmm. states. I think that Collins was would have would have gotten got. I absolutely do. I think that um, Murkowski definitely would have would have voted no. Uh, I think Flake would have been very tempted to flake. Uh, so I th- almost
2: already did. So. Yeah, right.
3: And I, I, I think, I, I think it was so close and there were so many gettable senators that they probably would have backed off, but I do like, did you watch, uh, Susan Collins's, uh, speech?
2: Uh, no, I saw clips of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I heard it dragged on forever. Oh my
3: <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I had such a love hate with it. Yeah. So first off, I cannot stand no, okay. Let me walk that back.
2: I mean, All right. <laughs> I, keep, and I, take I can't take shut two. up, Chris.
3: I see you nodding <laughs> over there. Um, take two. I've got this. I, I guess I've got a love hit. No, not even that.
2: And take three. Take though. three. <laughs> I'm not.
3: <laughs> I, I okay. So I, I'm not happy with Senator Collins most mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm just not like I have most of the time I can't tell if she's if she's a Democrat or if she's a Republican. Yeah. And I, I get that because of the state she's in, she's got to walk this line. But um, I mean, I when she was there, I was like, just come on, just stop, just stop. I, I no, I you know, I, I I'm I, I want to hear your vote. That's all I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs>
0: blaze with doc thompson only on the blaze radio network
2: is about, <laughs> about to go full on rant about Susan Collins and I want to get to that uh, later on because I think that you had some really good things to say saving it I'm yeah, done and we, tucking and, it back in and we could get whoa
3: might like my shirt what are you tucking in you know like my shirt oh your. Sh- you know or like oh, or my pants into okay. my socks okay
2: all right you know yeah that that's a it's an odd way to put or it Or like though. my hair
3: you know down into my like my coat you know you, if my neck gets
2: cold Mm, no shut up me shut up, Jason. <laughs> Jason and I, Jason and I really quickly, Jason and I do this fun little thing uh, around the studio that every time we see each other, we just tell each other to shut up.
3: Oh, no, it gets more explicit than that, it, but I'll let you think that it's that tame.
2: I was just, for radio purposes, I was just going to use that one. Uh, and then one day, I, I was walking down the hallway and I got a text message and I looked at my phone and it just said, shut up, Sarah. <laughs> <from> Jason.
3: <laughs> there was, a one time I was walking and looked over and saw you
2: making gestures. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I'd (laughs) like to move on to the guest now. Uh, We have with us Maggie Stiebert. She is from National Geographic. She is an author. And uh, she wrote about uh, Katie Stubblefield, a 21-year-old woman who became the youngest full-face transplant recipient in American history. That is crazy. Maggie, thanks so much for joining us. Maggie, are you there?
3: Maggie. You Maggie. are on the hotline
6: yeah.
2: Hey Maggie. Hi. <laughs> Hi, thanks for joining Hi. us.
6: Oh, good morning. Good. How's everybody?
2: Oh, we're great. We're You're great. Good. Uh so you share the story of Katie. And she's a yeah. she's 21 years old. So can she's 21 you 21 now. Wow, so you can can you tell us really briefly the story about her?
6: Yes, yeah, sure. Katie uh, was a very beautiful young girl at 18 uh, in high school. And because of uh, a series of things that happened to her, she fell into a very deep depression and tried to take her life by shooting herself with a rifle. And um, she basically shot off the major portion of her face, the very center part. So her mouth was affected, her nose, her eyes shifted part of her forehead was gone. And the miracle is that she survived. And um, so the doctors, she basically had no face to speak of. And the doctors made this, what I would call a piecemeal face, a temporary face uh, from skin from her stomach and her thigh. And uh, so they were pretty amazed. uh, And she's really a miracle child. Uh They said she would never walk, never talk, never see again, and she's doing all of those things now. And even before she got this face transplant, but for the past several years, she's had multiple surgeries to try to prepare her face for the uh, hope that somebody would donate a face to Katie, and finally somebody did. And that's what our story was about in uh, the September issue of National Geographic magazine, this journey with this beautiful young woman who, um, in a moment, uh, just changed her life and everybody's life and her own family.
2: Wow, that is amazing. So. What are some of Katie's daily activities that were changed that, you know, maybe you or I or Jason might overlook that, you know, are attributed to, you know, the mechanics of our face, like just smiling, stuff like that?
6: Oh, it's really interesting. And I hope people will read the story, which you can still read on the National Geographic dot com site. But we really take our faces for granted because The face, it allows us to smile, it allows us to laugh, it allows us to cry. We can eat, we can talk, we can feel things on our face like the breeze in the springtime. Um, It is very expressive and it's a really remarkable thing. And of course, whether it's right or wrong, we're always measured by our face. I mean, it's the first thing people look at and decide whether they want to speak to us or whether uh, uh, they try to guess our age. I mean, there's just all kinds of signals um, that the face gives off and that allows us to to have, to function in this world. And it's an amazing thing, but we don't really always appreciate it, I think, until it's gone. And, um, (laughs) well, Katie is a fine example of that because... She uh, after she did this and actually healed enough to be um, functional to some degree, when she would eat, the food would fall out of her mouth. Mm. Um, She actually couldn't swallow large things. So, for example, she was on many medications, many pills, and that had to be inserted in a tube through her through a tube in her stomach. Wow. And um, she couldn't see one eye was higher than the other. She was in constant, constant pain and um, wasn't you know, just couldn't really express herself. But Katie is a remarkable person and she has a keen sense of humor and it's just really tragic that in this moment of self-doubt and feeling bullied and that sort of thing that she just decided that life was too much for her. And actually, the thing that uh, researchers have shown lately, and especially in American teenagers, um, is that the rise in suicide attempts and just in general, I guess, successes in committing suicide among teenagers has risen dramatically. So among boys, it's uh, 25% Rise in suicide rates of mm, teenagers wow. in this country, and seventy percent rise in suicides of young teenage girls.
7: Wow! So
6: something's going on, you know, and uh, epidemic I, level, yeah. Maggie. It really is. That's amazing, isn't it? And you know, we a few years ago, the Geographic did um, a story on the science of the teenage brain, and also research has shown that the brain is still forming in teenagers and part of the brain that helps us make decisions uh, is still forming. And so that's why you'll find that teenagers sometimes do very impetuous things but so, Maggie psychologically
3: uh, is is Katie because I mean I, she she must look drastically different I mean I can't imagine like if she goes and just looks into the mirror I'm sure that's a huge part of recovery just getting over that is how psychologically has has she you know moved on uh, past that and uh, like how, how is she psychologically right now
6: well in order to so as uh, Katie got this uh, temporary face and then with this idea in mind of the future having the face of somebody else or just yeah. never having her own face back which she was quite beautiful actually. Um, um, she has to undergo so many different kinds of therapies both physical medical but also a lot of psychotherapy and yeah, yeah. also even her family had to go through things because I mean you can imagine that their lives were also very changed and Uh, they were going to have to face a lot of challenges to get their child back to some healthy point. So you can't really be eligible. There's an eligibility list, actually, uh, for organs, and uh, the face is one of them. So you can't even go on to that list until you have really proven that you will, first of all, never do that again. And secondly, that you're really psychologically ready to understand that you will always have somebody else's face,
3: Maggie. And did you that, talk to Did you talk to the donors at all?
6: Yes. Oh my goodness, this marvelous person, um, Sandra Bennington, uh, is a grandmother, and her granddaughter, very sadly, was um, fell into a coma from a drug overdose, and it was clear that she was never going to recover and that she was basically brain dead. And so the doctors talked to Sandra, who was the mainly the only really living family that this young woman had. And Sandra decided uh, that she would donate her granddaughter's face to Katie because uh, this wonderful organization called Life Bank, which seeks donations of organs from people. One person can save eight lives. That's what this young woman, Audria, uh, the granddaughter, she saved eight lives with the donations of her organs through her grandmother.
7: Wow. Wow. And Katie,
6: Katie was given a new faith. And so this was an extraordinary gift for Sandra Bennington, who's a really sweet woman uh, who I met and photographed, to give to this young woman so that she could have a more normal life. So, and, um, go yeah, ahead. It's Well, it's just a great gift, and we really wanted to stress as well that being a do- uh, an organ donor is a remarkable and generous thing that we could all participate in.
2: Yeah. Um, do you know, what is the healing process like once you, you know, undergo this kind of a transplant? Because I have to imagine it's just, a, a, you know, awful, you know? Mm
6: hmm. Well, uh, when she had her temporary face, as I call it, uh, she was still having to undergo a lot of training, you know, like physical therapy. uh, And um, she was constantly going to the doctor and she had multiple surgeries, again, just to prepare her inner uh, structure to receive to possibly receive a new face. But even when um, she got the face. Everything starts from scratch again so like she has to learn how to talk again and how to uh, move her face and Katie will constantly uh, be taking drugs all of her lives so that her body doesn't reject the project yeah and, and those are very powerful uh, drugs that can also uh, be, even if you're taking the drugs, it doesn't mean your body won't reject the face. So it's just a kind of a gamble, I guess, is what you would say. But uh, a lot of it also has to do with one's inner strength. And Katie is a very determined young woman who realizes that she's been given a second chance at life and she wants to use that to really convince other young people not to do what she did. But uh, it's it's really a lot of work. I mean, she has to, she's learning Braille in case she can never really see again. They said she would never see again, but now she can see light and shadows. Wow. Um, so she, she's learning to talk again. She does a lot of physical exercise because she has to remain strong and keep her body healthy so that, you know, it just helps the body retain the face or accept the face. And it was really startling. When you see after the surgery, there's just right around her scalp from all the way under her chin. So it was a mask. The face is adhered until it kind of really takes, the face sort of takes to the body, if that makes any sense. And then they take the stitches out uh, and there it is. But um, there's still a lot of surgeries to refine the face. Um, and make it stronger and that sort of thing. So, Katie will probably forever be a scientific experiment. But the one thing I wanted to say that's really critical, because... um, Tell me if I'm talking too much.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all.
6: (laughs) Okay. That's not what I wanted to say was critical. But um, it was fascinating (laughs) because... (laughs) um, You know, social media is such a... (sighs) A good and a bad thing, but yeah. when we posted a lot of these pictures on the Nat Geo uh, Instagram feed, I would say ninety percent of the reactions written because people can write whatever you know they want within reason were really positive and sending Katie blessings and thinking about how extraordinary this science was that could even allow this kid to live, you know, and mm-hmm. then have this second chance at life. But there were some. Pretty nasty things that were said, and so cyberbullying is really uh, a, a really difficult thing. But a lot which, of people didn't think
2: which may be re- uh, you know, related to the uh, the increase in suicide attempts of teenagers absolutely. that you were talking about Good earlier.
6: Point. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely true. It's it's absolutely true. But um, what's fascinating is um, Katie went through all of this and at the Cleveland Clinic. So the United States. Uh, department of defense gave the cleveland clinic and another hospital which has both of which have done face transplants uh, a huge grant to move forward this science because so many young people are coming back from afghanistan and iraq and the wars our military personnel are coming back with disfigured faces from the war and so the department of defense really wanted to move this science forward uh, because people want to have a normal life. And if you have a disfigured face and people are going, you know, staring at you and saying things, which we sometimes want to do, I mean, we're, we're not always the most discreet species. Um, So they really wanted these young people who served in the military to have a second chance at life. And so in a way, Katie is, um, really an opportunity to move that science forward because she's the same age as a lot of these young people who are coming back with these terrible wounds that yeah. disfigure them. Yeah. And they really they really moved the science forward. So that's a remarkable thing and I always when I saw people writing really mean things uh, I would just try to not pri- not publicly, but privately message them and say, here's really something you need to understand that, you know, yes, this is a terrible thing that happened, but it's really going to save a lot of lives and make a lot of uh, young people who have been covering the war and serving our country um To have a normal life and Uh, they deserve it absolutely
2: absolutely that is such an amazing story thank you so much for sharing it maggie and uh everyone can find it at nationalgeographic.com
6: yes and if you uh it was in the september issue so it's called the story of a face really worth reading by the way an extraordinarily written story and there are some extraordinary photographs as well but um uh, you can find it online and, you know, just search for the face or the story of the face and you should be able to find it.
2: Okay. Awesome. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Maggie. Thanks, Maggie. All right. Uh, what, what else What else do we got coming up? You're, you're going to go on your rant.
3: I'm going to go on my rant. We've got a lot to get done and we've got a lot of people on the show today. This is going to be like this an is a jam
2: packed show. Big time. All right. Well, then we better take a break. (laughs)
0: Back in a minute. The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: All right, Jason, we were talking about uh, Susan Collins, yeah, and you had a couple of of, uh, backtracks. That
3: was (laughs) a few takes. Yeah. Got to take three, but then pulled it through. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was watching that. I I really felt like we were just about to see something historic uh, when she stepped up to the mic.
2: It was odd that she even called for the the press conference, that she planned this. So, but to me, it seems sort of like an attention seeking moment, especially when you hear that she was still going to vote yes
3: i'm I'm now of the opinion that it, the press conference wasn't her idea. I, I don't think like I was like, why are you calling a press conference when you've already kind of when you, I think she already she voted. She voted yes at the cloter to, to move it towards the vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, so you've indicated you're going to vote yes. So why are you doing a press conference? Right. And I was like, unless you're going to say something along the lines of, yes, I believe that we should move forward and have a vote, but no, My I don't believe. No. Right. I was like, okay, crap. Like that yeah. might be what's c- coming. But I don't, but now I, I, I kind of don't, I think that it's very political and strategic to have not only uh, a woman, but a woman that showed some doubt mm-hmm. to come out with her entire case for why she thinks that he does deserve to yeah, be a and senator. she
2: wanted to get out ahead of it because Ye- she knew that she would be slammed. The
3: entire GOP. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right, right.
2: But in particular, right. As, a, as a woman, yes. she knew that she was going to get slammed. She was going to become a target. And I think she wanted to get out ahead of it
3: but if i'm mitch mcconnell and i he but he he is very savvy whether we like him or not but he is very savvy and i t- could totally see them sitting in a in a meeting which they did have a meeting by the way we know that they had a meeting i think it was either right before the cloture vote or right afterwards so I think that he was probably like, "Look, this looks great for us. Mm-hmm. If you were the like, I could deliver this message. <laughs> we could have cocaine match. We man. could have Lindsey Graham, new superstar. Yeah, uh, deliver oh this my message.
2: Gosh. I can't even tell you how much I love Lindsey Graham right now.
3: Right? Weird, right?
2: Oh my gosh! It, and it's have it's, we ever
3: said that in history? Thank
2: you. So that's why it's so odd. It's so weird for me because I'm like, what is this weird new feeling? Dude, I love Lindsey Graham.
3: He is a bad A. He really. He, right now all
2: of a sudden i mean where did this come from he is he
3: He instantly transformed into the action star walking away in slow motion from the explosion with his freaking sunglasses on
2: mic drops
3: chewing up rusty nails and spitting out armored piercing bullets
2: have you seen that too much Uh, i mean it was a little (laughs) have you seen the uh the the video of him and it's synced up to snoop Dogg? No. When he's walking away from the Bug protesters. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then it's perfectly timed with him straightening his tie after he's just told them to move to South Carolina. Oh yes, yes. It's amazing so great we love brave new lindsey graham
3: so great but yeah susan collins i think that uh i was i did not care at that point i just wanted to say please for the love of god just tell us yes or no that's all i wanted to know and it felt very historic but then the case she laid out was so devastating it really was. And again, I'm not a fan of hers, but I was captivated. Yeah. So I listened to the whole entire godforsaken 45 minute speech. 45 minutes, yeah. But she was like, she went all the way back to his like voting history, showed why he was impartial, which was a question that they had. Not It wasn't a it was it, legitimate question. It was, it was just no, an attack right, that they had. Right, Exactly.
2: Which um, which they only reverted back to when they realized that they couldn't get him on sexual assault.
3: Right, right, like, right, Well, I mean, oh, but his temperament.
2: Yeah, he's a he's a rapist. This is why we shouldn't have him on the Supreme Court. And then they're like, yeah, but he's not impartial. or he yeah he's not impartial. Yeah. Like, well, but if if that was your argument, you would have used it before instead of trying to say he was a gang rapist. Yeah. What about Murkowski? You, did you hear uh, Alaska GOP is considering whether to just toss her to the curb? <laughs> How does that work? Uh, so the party chairman. Funding? Well, the party chairman said that the, the committee, <clears throat> excuse me, the state committee could decide to issue a statement. They could withdraw support of Murkowski. They could encourage party officials to look for a replacement and ask and ask her not to seek reelection as a Republican.
3: Good. Yeah. Smart. Uh, she's had issues getting elected uh, in the past. I don't think the Alaskan voters really trust her. I think now they definitely should not trust her. Yeah. I don't think she'll be around. I don't like look I the, the most infuriating thing about the, about Murkowski doing this to me is that I can't understand how you're not seeing the standard that's being set here. Mm-hmm. I cannot understand that. That's why this was... So, there's so many reasons why this was crucial, but that is one of the largest ones, is if you let this go forward, the standard that you set as far as being able to accuse people um, and convict them of being guilty without having any evidence or corroborating information at all, and they can do it at the 11th hour.
2: I wonder if now she's seeing how the left has acted and how they're you know, shrieking and all of this. I wonder if she would have a different... If she could do it all over, if she would do it differently. Screw that. Gutless
3: people are <laughs> gutless for the rest of their lives. And I think she was gutless on this. And I think she'll be bullied her entire life on stuff like this. I do not trust her because I think that she 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 will be victim of this on another issue, which I think Jeff Flake will also be. Well, thank goodness he's not going to be around after this term. But I think he's the same way. Yeah. Like you have no huevos on these things. <laughs> if you don't, you do no not problem. belong in the Senate. <laughs>
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: common sense, and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze. It's
4: time for Around the World with Jason
3: Butchell. Yes, Around the World with Jason Butchell. That is the dopest graphic I think that we've ever produced here at this studio. Absolutely. And before we go
4: away from that graphic, I would like to uh, ask you guys, (laughs) you can name what you see. What continents, what uh, countries do you see? On that graphic. I, th- I see some bacteria that's floating in a beaker. <laughs> Am it, I close with that? Is that what you see? Well, you know, I, I wanted to put North America. So you it's got North America drop. right North in the middle. America, yeah. You got Central America. Then you got South, South America. America yeah. You got a little bit of uh, Australia. Then you got Hawaii, <laughs> then you got Cuba, Re- Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, then you got a little bit of London, I don't know how I got London in there, <laughs> and then you got a little bit of the corner of Japan. Is that, is that London
3: or is that like Greenland? I, Let's go with Greenland. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think
4: Greenland is more
3: <laughs> west than London. See, we, so, we know geography on around the world, which is a very just important. Seeing if
4: you were paying yes, attention, so. you were paying attention <laughs> Good yeah. job, Jason. You so passed. you know this is Zing. what. I, <laughs> and if you can't see this because you know you're too cheap to pay nine dollars a month, <laughs> go ahead and look at the uh, Blaze of uh, uh, Twitter. You can see a picture Tweet of that bad boy out. Yeah, you don't want this Our amazing work. graphic work for Jason's newest segment. <laughs> around yes, around the world with Jason Buttrell. We're gonna kick around the world off by I, I'm gonna oh, oh hold on Oh what? This is a big shout out to Jeff we have to spin the globe spin the globe and S- then The globe but, is spinning I'm okay, putting spin. my
3: finger on oh, oh! It's back on China!
4: We're back on China? How did that even happen? We did not plan this guys. No we did not plan this at all <laughs>
3: This is not planned <laughs> It was a very small globe for you. Just can't see it. It's down by my feet. Um, but yeah, I want to. Uh, I want to go back to China because I want. I want to like to really quickly for a recap. So all of you uh, morning blaze diehards, I heard this yesterday morning for uh, Sarah, who I know you heard this anyway. I just want to recap for you anyway. Thank you. But there was this insane story in China where the Interpol chief. So like they, the, they have this president of Interpol. And he, uh, like, they, it's, it's, it's 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 this international thing, obviously, cause Interpol. And it's not always from the same country. They'll, they'll, like, say, hey, you know, I don't know, Ireland. We're going to have a guy from, you know, your country be the Interpol, you know, president, you know, for this p- term or whatever. So, anyway, it goes all over. But the current one is from China. Uh, and I don't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. It was a, a hard-pronouncing uh, Chinese name. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Ming, Ming.
2: Okay. So, that's, President that's Ming. that's actually not that hard. No, nah, that's to pretty easy. <laughs> you have trouble pretty, pronouncing Ming. You got a so problem it's pretty Jason. easy.
3: So, President <laughs> Ming was uh, he relocated his entire family after he was made uh, president of Interpol and uh, he went to France. And uh, he's also uh, still kind of linked up with the Chinese government. And the Chinese government, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, is doing some like crazy reforms. So what they call is is called corruption reforms, and you should always kind of perk oh, good, your eyebrows. Good, yeah.
2: that sounds that sounds great.
3: Nothing bad could come from that. No, no. In a totalitarian, absolutely. you know, government. Yeah, absolutely. Once they say we're going after corruption, that typically means that the leader is going to target people that threaten him yes. in some way. Yes. And start and and the, the reason why and some people are like, why should we like pay attention to this? Because, you know, there we are kind of gearing up towards a populist movement in the United States whether that's comfortable to say or not we are moving in that direction now when you have a what did Ocasio-Cortez Sarah just tweet out was that yesterday
2: Uh, I think it was day before yesterday that we should do away with the electoral college
3: okay what do you think that is all about that literally is populism 101 yes the electoral co- abolishing the electoral college th- that's why the reason we don't have that is so like the uh, uh, minority sections of the country cannot be taken advantage of right. framers warned us about this they knew exactly you know the pitfalls of this Europe has never recovered from this they, they they will not they've never learned from that that is why every time and oh my gosh I'm just gonna go off on a million rants here <laughs> but you I know right no. but uh, every time uh, in, in in Europe, When we when there's a new U.S. president, they're like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what does this mean? Like, you know, are they going to invade? Let's go back to Ireland, Ireland, and take it over? I mean, what does this mean? Let me tell you, for our our European friends, it means nothing. It really means nothing. Yeah. Even if, let's say, heaven forbid, Bernie Sanders becomes president, okay, there will be a few awful things that happened. Uh, he might even get a couple of things done through executive orders. But that's about it. Yeah. Because the system was designed so that a, you know, a king or a dictator cannot exist in this country. This is another unpopular thing to say. <clears throat> Excuse me. The American president is the weakest leader in the entire world. He just is. Yeah. He preside, he's the chief executive officer of the most powerful and well, best country in the have world. Have you
2: asked him that question, Jason? Because I think that he would have a different answer if you asked him that question.
3: The president? Yeah. I'm sure he would. <laughs> I'm sure he would, but that's the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. Now, in China, again, like Europe but only times a million, when you have a you know a leader like this, then uh some 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 dangerous things uh, can happen. Do we So the this Interpol president was uh was abducted when he got to got to China. They could not find him. His wife was looking everywhere for him. Uh, she, he got, she got a text message, uh, of like a knife emoji. Um, wow. he was missing for like three weeks and three days. No, I'm sorry, three days. Uh, thank you for the correction. And he, uh, eventually there was a statement from Interpol saying that he uh, had been abducted by the Chinese government and <laughs> the Chinese government had him. Uh, he'll be held for an indefinite amount of time. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's just kind of frightening what, what the possibilities are going forward. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, so China is 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 on my radar and uh, around the world, and I think that I, I we definitely need uh, some more perspective on this. And I want to bring in um, an author. An author's uh, book is called "Bully of Asia: Why China's Dream Is the New Threat to World Order." His name is Stephen Mosher. Stephen, you are on the Hotline Bling, sir. Thank you for being in with us this morning. Oh, it's great to be here. Um, am I am, am I overhyping this, or is this new corruption? Uh, it's not new, but this this corruption, uh, you know, jihad that President Xi Jinping is doing right now, we haven't seen the last of that, right? And it's all about consolidation of power. Am I correct?
1: Oh, uh, a- absolutely. And this uh, the the abduction, the arrest of the president of Interpol, is just opens a window onto the Byzantine, Machiavellian politics in mm. China. Uh, which makes everything we do in the West look like child's play. This guy, uh, President Meng, was formerly the vice minister of public security. And, you know, I rarely quote Chuck Schumer, but he said, you don't want to get on the bad side of the intelligence agency. So Meng knows where all the bodies are buried in China mm. because he was a vice minister of public security. And then China, the Chinese Communist Party, pulled all the strings, called in all of its cards, got dozens of nations to vote this guy, this Communist Party apparatchik as president of Interpol, which is a great irony in itself, because the International Police Organization, Interpol, is supposed to uphold the law, and he's the representative of a essentially lawless state where the leadership does whatever it wants and runs roughshod over the rights. Rights? Did I say rights? They have no rights. Of the people. (laughs) And now, after a couple years abroad, because he hasn't followed orders to the letter, apparently, He's now been arrested on a trip back to China. What did China want him to do? Why did China want him in this position? They wanted him in this position because there are 7,000, that's a seven followed by three zeros, senior officials who have fled China with hundreds of billions of dollars of money, uh, stolen from the Chinese people. And China wanted him to issue arrest warrants for all 7,000. They also wanted arrest warrants for all of the dissidents, the Tibetan leaders, uh, the Buddhist leaders, the Christian leaders, uh, all everybody who objects to the regime, they wanted him to declare a, to be a terrorist and issue arrest warrants and bring them back to China so they could be tried. The Muslim uh, Uyghurs in, the West, in western yeah. Pakistan, uh, all the rest. So he wouldn't do that, apparently. And so when he went back to visit China, visit his family, uh, you know, we may never see him again.
3: Wow. Um Stephen, I I wish we had you in studio. You and I could go on some <laughs> nerd uh like parties and just talk about this for hours because this is just fascinating to me. Um do you think that so I mean After Mao, when uh, Ding Xiaoping took over, he really kind of took China in a different direction. I guess more of like a capitalist, uh, like free market, you know, uh, direction. And uh, things seem to be looking up. But that has changed under Xi. Am I correct in assessing that he's moving it back in the other direction, more in like a Mao direction?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. He is the second Red Emperor. The first Red Emperor was Chairman Mao Zedong. Now, remember, he's one of the great. Mass Murders of Chinese History of Human History, responsible for the deaths of about 70 million of his own fellow Chinese. Uh, Xi Jinping is self-consciously modeling himself on Mao Zedong. He's even published uh, his collected works in a volume that looks almost exactly like the collected works of Chairman Mao. Like the Red Book? His picture is, is the little red book. Uh, his quotes, uh, the 90 million members of the Chinese Communist Party are memorizing his quotes and spouting them in the same way that they memorized the quotes of Chairman Mao and spouted them a generation ago. His picture is everywhere. In, in There have been reports that in Christian homes, the Communist Party officials have come in and have taken down pictures of of, of of Jesus and replaced them with pictures of the new Red Emperor Xi Jinping to show them that their God should be... See, wow. Jane You know what's just you know what's as, interesting, oh. Stephen.
3: Uh, just so, sorry to interrupt, but off of that, I've heard that the Christian Church is exploding, exploding mm-hmm. the underground church, like it's growing like never before, despite all this.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a, a spiritual wilderness, uh, China. Uh, no one believes in communism anymore. The reason you join the Communist Party is because you can use that to advance yourself, Mm. to make more money, to engage in corruption. And make no mistake, this corruption campaign you talked about, where hundreds of thousands of officials have gone to jail, the peculiar thing is not one of Xi Jinping's faction, not one of his supporters has been arrested and sent to jail. Mm. They're all protected. It's it's his political enemies. It's his political opposition that has suffered under this uh, so-called corruption campaign, which is really, what, a political purge.
3: Right. Um, I think I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the trade war uh, with China. Uh, I I know that we have uh, more uh, weapons that that we can delve out to hurt them. Um, I I guess I'm worried about it more in the short term than the long term, because am I also correct in assessing that China, to me, their economic prowess has been a little bit overblown. I know they've got ridiculous amounts of debt. Uh, that, which a lot of people aren't really talking about, but uh, but record amounts of debt, and that their economy is beginning to slow, and rate, wages are starting to rise over there. So they're not going to be this, you know, this low wage, uh, you know, massive export economy for too much longer. So am I am I also correct in assessing that that, that that this might have kind of run its course, and it's it's actually on the way down as far as their economic power.
1: Yeah, I think the Chinese Communist Party realizes they've lost the trade war. Yeah. Now, it, it may seem premature to say that, but look, their economy is tanking. Their growth rate, they claim 6%. They're going to be lucky to get half that this year. The American economy is growing faster than China. They've got lots of non-productive investment because corrupt officials work with corrupt construction companies to build bridges to nowhere. We've got one bridge to nowhere. They've got hundreds. They, we, they've got roads that nobody drives on. They've got buildings that no one lives in. So there's a lot of money that's wasted uh, because of this corruption. They've got an aging population because, look, the one-child policy eliminated 400 million Chinese from the planet over the last 40 years. So they have an aging population. They have too few young people coming into the workforce. They have a nationwide labor shortage. uh, And and they have this huge debt, as you mentioned. It may be 300 percent of GDP. No one really knows because they've kind of got a perpetual money machine going in China where the state-owned enterprises, uh, which account for about 40% of the economy, are propped up by the state. Trillions of dollars are wasted keeping the state-owned enterprises in business, and they're losing money, but they don't want to dissolve them because that would mean hundreds of thousands of workers would lose their their jobs, be in the streets demonstrating, and and that would cause political instability. So the only part of the economy of China that really operates according to market principles, as we understand them, is the export sector. And guess what? That is now threatened by Trump's tariffs. Right. And so, yeah, they've been set back on the heels. They want to talk. I thought it was very interesting in the Rose Garden last week when, when, when President Trump announced the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico trade agreement. He said, China wants to talk, but I don't think they're ready yet, he said. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think cool. they're ready yet. In other words, they're not, they're, not, they're not ready to kowtow yet. They're not ready to stop stealing intellectual property. They're not ready to play fair on the trade front. They're not ready to withdraw some of their spies and stop some of their cyber attacks.
3: Um, Stephen, before I let you go, uh, just uh, moving forward and ultimately dealing with China, Chinese aggression. um, It's always been my view that Japan is actually the uh, preeminent like superpower to break out, not superpower, large regional power to break out. Uh, in that area, I, I've always seen them as, you know, really the people with the with the longevity, you know, the economy and the the will to do so. And 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 I, I've always seen them as maybe enabling Japan uh, to be the, uh, I guess, uh, like unle- unleashing them and, and maybe taking some of the reins off, letting them, you know, rebuild their military. Uh, would that be a better way to to say deal with Japan or China so that we can kind of maybe step back a little bit and have them uh, police that area? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think that's, that's the idea here. The idea, and, and I think that Shinzo Abe, the Japanese prime minister, agrees. He's trying to change the peace constitution to allow Japanese forces to build up and, and take a more uh, forward-deployed posture in Asia, um, and, and I think that's going to happen. He just won re-election by a pretty substantial margin. They're increasing their defense budget. Uh, they've been paying for our bases in Japan for, for many, many years now. Uh, reducing the cost of our stationing troops there. They really need to take more responsibility for their own defense. This, we're doing the same thing with them and South Korea that we're doing with NATO. We're saying, pay up, pay your yeah. fair share. Yeah. Uh, we can't defend you from afar.
3: His name is Stephen Mosier. His book is Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Uh, Stephen, where can they find this book? Is it on anywhere you can buy on Amazon and in bookstores?
1: Yep, it's everywhere. It's also at our website at pop.org, P-O-P dot O-R-G. They can get it from us.
3: Outstanding. Stephen, we're going to have to have you come in studio, I think, at some point, and we can just, again, nerd out and uh, talk for a couple hours on this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate you being on with us. Thank you.
0: This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network.
3: All right, so uh, we are continuing around the world, but it's not really going to be much of around the world because I spent way too long in that interview, but it was just like so crazy interesting to me. (laughs) Um,
2: It was, I will admit, I'm not a uh, foreign relations nerd like you, and it was also interesting (laughs) to me.
3: I'll gladly wear that button right on my lapel. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, it's, there's a few of us nerds out there that really dig this stuff, but I mean, but the China thing is just so interesting because, I mean, it's like, you know the the administration talks about China nonstop, mm-hmm. and it really it really does. I mean, a lot of people have kind of like falsely labeled them as the next superpower, which they're not. You know, they're a regional power there that you know, their economy is. You know, it, it's been on the uptick for a while, but uh, but a little bit overblown of a threat, but 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 a serious threat. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just interesting, but. The, uh, the next trip around the world, I'm going to drop us off in Istanbul, Turkey.
2: I mean, I don't really want to go to Istanbul, Turkey.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I tell you what. <laughs> All right, let me get off on this tangent. <laughs> Here we go. I, I tell you what. Um, I have traveled a lot in my, in my, in my many jobs. And uh, the place that I would go back to in a heartbeat was Istanbul. Really, an insane, right, Chris? An insane amount of culture there. So, like, when you land in Istanbul, you take you take from the airport, you take like maybe a twenty minute drive into the city or fifteen, and uh, the first thing you see is the Byzantine wall, right? Yeah. You drive past the Byzant the. Think about that the Byzantine yeah. wall. There's parts of it that are still standing. You drive past that. You can go to places like like the Blue Mosque, which is gorgeous. Um, like right across from the Blue Mosque is uh, on one end. There's like a like the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul. Right across from uh right from across from there is like this old uh, Roman uh, uh like cistern that's still there from the Roman times. Uh, a, hip, uh, a hippodrome, you know, like you know, like mm-hmm. in Ben Hur mm-hmm. where they're riding. Yeah. That's yeah. still there. That's that's cool. Inside the hippodrome is like a obelisk. An Egyptian obelisk that's still there that they the Romans brought over, and across from there is is it's a church that's been there. A lot of
2: history still intact there, and a blend of
3: it. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. But so in Istanbul, a Washington Post journalist just went missing. Washington Post journalist went missing. Uh, It started to get uh, reported on a few days ago. Um, Now I'm seeing it a lot in the news, kind of all over the place. But. instantly the Saudis so he's, he's a Saudi national but he's reporting in Turkey now he doesn't have good relations with the Saudi government he's actually condemned the uh, newest uh, crown prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman uh, I think that's also his name that's also his father's name um, but he has been against uh, his the crown prince's crackdowns on a lot of like journalists in the country and a lot of other reforms that he's trying to do so he has a kind of a shaky relationship and he actually told the Turkish government said hey Here's a phone or something like that. If uh, if something ever happens to me, you know, contact these people or whatever. So he's always already always been kind of on nerve that his government might come for him in Turkey. Okay. So he so he goes missing, and uh, he went to the the Saudi embassy to I think get a visa to go I think go back home and see his family, but he never left the embassy, and. The Turks say that, I'm sorry, the the Saudis said, oh, no, he left the embassy. Um, We won't show you the videotapes that we have around the embassy, which it's a fortress. There's video cameras everywhere. That's not sketchy at all. Not sketchy at all. But the the Saudis said, no, he left the uh, embassy and an assassination team from the Turkish government murdered him. They didn't provide evidence to this. Right. But that's a heck of a charge to a foreign government. So, Turkey responded. Especially
2: while, while saying, we well, we're not going to show you the tapes.
3: Yeah. Wow. No. Right. And, and and they've called them out on that, too. Yeah. They've said, okay, if you've got these allegations, then show us the proof. Right. So, they never showed the proof. Hmm, so
2: Sounds similar to something right, right. that just happened An here. An uncorroborated, no
3: evidence <laughs> claim. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> So the Turks were like, no, 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 we've got, we've got it on our end, intelligence on our end, that says the Saudis sent like a 12 to 15 man assassination team of their own that flew into Istanbul and they murdered this guy. Okay. So, yeah. And they say that they came into and murdered this guy in the Saudi embassy.
2: What? Right.
3: Right. So, that, so it's crazy. But in the so in the mix up of all this, there is a Washington Post journalist, Washington Post journalist that was killed, that was murdered.
2: I mean, to me, I I stand by my previous statement that I don't want to go to to Turkey. I don't I don't want to go there.
3: It is more dangerous. I, yeah, I grant it, it. It was different. Like I went there.
2: See, you don't. But you don't even consider danger when going places because you just put yourself right in the middle of uh, of all of the the fire.
3: You know, I, you know, no, I would say it's, it's a little bit different than that. It's, 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 I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of different. Like I consider it, I overly consider it and I'm prepared for it just from my careers in the past. Yeah. So I think I'm just ready for it and I know what to, you know, to expect. So I'm more confident, I think, in my abilities in those areas. But,
2: okay. That's um, fair. but
3: so anyway, so, we, uh, Vice President Mike Pence actually tweeted out, uh, on this. He said that, uh, this is his quote, tw- tweet, uh, <laughs>
2: this is his tweet, <laughs> quote. <laughs> That's a it's tweet.
3: early. It's early. <laughs> but he said, quote, deeply troubled to hear reports about Saudi Arabian journalist Jamal Khashoggi. If true, this is a tragic day. Violence against journalists across the globe is a threat to freedom of the press and human rights. The free world deserves answers. And that is a very good point, uh, Mr. Vice President, because a lot of the conflict areas in the world where we just don't know what's going on is because journalists are actively being targeted where they go now. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in Syria. We we just don't really know because journalists are getting beheaded if they go in there. So we can't get actual objective uh, objective eyes on like is Assad really gassing his people or is this a conspiracy theory? Yeah. Like we can't like when there's when uh, when the press is being uh, discriminated against or being withheld, then really bad things can happen, and that's
2: also a lesson we can learn here. Yeah, well, well, we can, and also to uh, just for perspective, whenever the the journalists here scream about Donald Trump not you know allowing them into a press conference, and they think that they're being oppressed, exactly. I'm like, why don't you take a look at what's going on in uh, Russia or in Turkey or in China or any of those places? That's yeah. what oppression is. You are not Absolutely. being. The the press is is not being oppressed here.
3: They're not being oppressed, but I would kind of argue uh, a slight pushback that they that the treatment has been getting worse. Yes, since the Obama administration. Yes, they started it bigly, <laughs> worse than it was now. Bigly, worse than it was now.
0: The Blaze Radio Network.
2: the United States becoming uh, there were trending more and more populist right and uh, Ocasio-Cortez talking about uh, we should do away with the Electoral College which is a big left talking point at this particular stage sure that we should uh, really seriously consider reconsider how relevant the Supreme Court is and that we should do away with the Electoral College
3: can I say one thing on that yes so basically when we say mob rule Mm -hmm. that's basically mob rule Right. Getting rid of abolishing the Electoral College is mob rule. Everywhere in the in the world where there is like a communist government or a rabidly socialist, what do they call themselves? They call themselves a democracy. That's what they call themselves. Uh, there is the People's Republic. There's a Democratic uh, People's Republic of Korea, which is also known as... Yeah. North friggin <laughs> right. Korea. North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what they're going towards. Anybody like whoever wins the populist war will. So that that's the so, and that's also a, uh, that's also a prediction of Steve Bannon. I might add, mm-hmm. he and I whether whatever you know, we don't, I don't agree with his politics at all. Um, I don't agree what he's trending towards, but he has for forese- he's said that he thinks that we're headed towards a populist war, and that's scary to think, but that's probably. More along the trajectory that we're heading right now.
2: Yeah, because I mean, we've got the uh, all of the antifa protesters. Uh, the ones in Portland are actually directing traffic, which I think is ridiculous. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, why just to cause complete chaos? Uh, and you know, we've got people storming Capitol Hill, sitting on the statues just to protest the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, it, we have gone to an insane level, and they have chosen. Their leader, uh, bright, (laughs) bright bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, She was interview. She was on an interview over the weekend, and um, you know, she was asked about what are you going to do when you come into Congress. You know, you you guys are really going to storm the gates. And her answer is just, it's too hilarious not to play. Let's listen. Good job.
4: How are you going to get along with these people in Washington? I mean, I think you're going to win. That's a, 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 a predict, prediction
3: I'm making. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, you just, until the bell rings. But you're, you're in a very heavily Democratic district. You're mm-hmm. going there. I mean, you're going at a time where people were talked about how it's broken and it's mm-hmm. so polarized, both of which I think are true. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also coming really as an outsider at a moment where I think people like, are watching what happened today and want to storm the gates. And yeah. you're going to actually do that. Mm-hmm. So what, that's, what's, mm-hmm. what's your plan here?
2: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with changing our strategy around government. You know, there's a lot of inside baseball and inside the beltway as you you know you, you always hear that term thrown around. Inside but there are very few organizers in Congress. Mm-hmm. And I do think that organizers operate differently. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. And what it is is really about organizing oh. And and really thinking about that word, organizing, mm-hmm. segmenting yes. people, being strategic in their <laughs> actions, in really bringing together a cohesive strategy of putting pressure on the chamber instead of only focusing on the pressures inside the chamber. That's
3: really
0: interesting On the
2: thought. chamber.
3: You know, she hasn't said one thing yet.
2: On the, but, but, but organize. <laughs> I mean, what we need is more organizers organizing in uh, when i when With you, the you really think about the word organize okay so w- when you think about the word organize you say you think about segmenting and uh just a uh, Organized
3: and, and the, the organized with the pressure of the strategy.
2: Not the pressures inside, uh, but the but pressures up on.
3: Right, because there's inside baseball going on. Also on inside beltway, the beltway. In the beltway.
2: <laughs> she didn't say one cohesive. You
3: know, that's what I love. That's what I love about this woman. I know. I really do. Like every time, like the best thing that you can do is put her. I guarantee you every time she, like, she books, a, you know, like a guest appearance, the uh, DSA, Democratic of America are like, no, for the love of God, don't put her back out
2: please don't oh my gosh she is given so much comedy gold it's amazing <laughs> but what i really love too is that she's saying that uh the democrat what the democrats have been lacking is an organizer what was obama right. he was a community organizer right. that's exactly what he did mm-hmm. so that's exactly what she's referring to and, and and as if the the democrat leaders don't don't do that I mean, they've, they've organized all of these people into complete chaos and protests. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we just need someone organizing it, and uh, w- it's, just it's think it's, about the word organize. so It's because
3: it's she doesn't have, she doesn't really you know, I don't, I personally don't think that she even has convictions to what she's saying. No. Because if well, she if had... she
2: did, it would ma- at least make sense.
3: Right. And <laughs> she, she would be able to actually say, look, this is why I believe this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, I, I hate to go back to Reagan because I might have went there yesterday but there was a you could tell that the man believed what he said and he was an FDR Democrat yeah he was an FDR Democrat that was fully on board with what he was doing and slowly over time as he became a spokesman for GE he began to learn so his conversion process was this very long process where he actually went into the books and learned it Right. You know, conservatism 101 over a long period of time. So that when he got to where he was doing the stand ups or the debates or, you know, doing the media, you could tell, like, wow, this guy not only can articulate this, but he really believes it. Now, listen to Ocasio Cortez. Yep. Do you really believe that she, in her heart, believes this? Now, I'm not saying that she is not.
2: If she does, she's literally the dumbest person on the planet.
3: <laughs>
2: Which might be... be true also. I mean that's very possible I mean if you if you have studied this and this is truly what's in your heart and you still can't get any cohesive sentence out of your mouth you are the dumbest person alive right, right? <laughs> after after how much did she did her and her parents spend on her college education
3: oh my gosh like was this and she still can't. What university was was University of Boston or something like that? Was that where it was where she went? Boston it's, College. It's, yeah. it's it's definitely not a uh, a good pamphlet for uh, to send your kids to this school for sure. You know, even still, yeah,
2: I, I bet every time she says where she went to school, they're like, uh, you <laughs> not, uh, just okay, please stop mentioning us. Uh. Even
3: if you don't want to be, so I don't want to be mean. So I, let me let me not attack her intelligence. Okay, Which, well, I already did that. Well, I'll, I'll, but it's easy to do on, on these things. But even if you don't want to attack their intelligence and you just want to, ju- if you want to, you know, uh, if you want to judge who you're going to be voting for, who you're going to support politically, just look to see if they have conviction behind what they're saying. Do the, Does this person really believe this? You know, I think that, let, let me let me make this prediction. I think, uh, I think Ocasio-Cortez is very gettable. I think she's very gettable because I don't think that she truly believes it. I don't think she has the passion in her heart on on social on the socialist agenda. I don't. I think that she is very very has strong conviction on wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. I actually do. I when, I when I hear her talk about wanting to help people, I believe her. But I don't obviously I don't agree with the politics on how she wants to get that done. Right. But I think she's very gettable. I think if someone could get to her and talk to her and actually help and, and help her understand that hey, it's actually better to teach someone to fish. Not just promised a bunch of free fish,
2: right? But I mean, she had degrees in this stuff. Like she should have already been taught all of this.
3: And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because when she was getting these degrees, we have now seen her blog posts from these universities where she She was was, she was a Smith acolyte. Yes, yeah. She she was. Dare I say capitalist? Yes, in yes, these she was. in these instances. So I think that that was the direction she went on, but somebody got her hooks that got their hooks in her. Mm-hmm. But that's why I, I still believe I, it backs up my hypothesis. I don't think she has the conviction. I don't think she really believes it. I just think she made a diversion. Yeah. So anyway, if any, well, if there's any, if there's any capitalists in New York, ah, uh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> She's not good
2: Speaking of uh, organizing, <laughs> some vegans, a radical vegan group, went into oh a, my gosh. yes, a bur- it d- you got to know that the story is going to be funny when it starts <laughs> with a radical vegan group, <laughs> first
3: of all. Radical vegan. Duh.
2: <laughs> a, so they started storming uh, Whole Foods. Which you would think, I mean, that's they've got to love Whole Foods, right? So what did Whole Foods do that was so terrible that made them reject Whole Foods uh, and, and form this Occupy Whole Foods movement? <laughs> um, apparently, I think one of Whole Foods suppliers happened to have some accusations of animal abuse. And so because they are a supplier of Whole Foods, they immediately said, we're going to occupy Whole Foods. And Whole Foods was forced to apply for a restraining order because these people were going into their stores and messing with their customers. Um, Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, this is this is what they do now. This is their this is their go to. They've got, uh, you know, like we said earlier, they've got Antifa out in the streets in Portland. Uh, They've got protesters storming Capitol Hill and shouting shouting down people and they've got uh, Occupy Whole Foods now.
3: Mob rule. Mob rule. Um, Yeah. I mean, that goes towards this populist war that I think that we're headed towards. Um, Wow. So much to say about this. You know, Whole Foods is the Kanye West of supermarkets and to explain,
2: what? what yeah, hold on. <laughs> Back up a second. I'm not quite sure I follow.
3: They are the Kanye West. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna dub them the Kanye West of supermarkets because the left loved them yeah. before. Kanye West, a Jay's, I mean, everyone loved Kanye West before, but now they hate him because he went against the grain. Whole Foods. I, you know, I was like, Have you ever lived in California?
2: <laughs> no, I would never make such oh, but, but a poor Aust- decision. But
3: Austin, though, right? Like you, li- did you live in Austin? I, li- I live
2: basically. I lived in San Marcos, but my college boyfriend lived in Austin, so I was there all the time. So
3: you lived in California, light for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's the way. That's what. That's the direction it's and going. And I
2: always swore I was like I could never live here as an adult. Oh my gosh, it yeah. was awful.
3: My brother's there now. I've got to get him out of there. Yeah, he goes to terrible. UT, by the way. But really? anyway, yeah. But anyway, so Welcome. I mean. The left loved Whole Foods and like I lived in LA for the longest time and they would be like, oh, we're going to Whole Foods, you know what I mean? And well, you know, crack me up. This is another funny story. Just another, not really a tangent, but just kind of building on this. Yeah, I went, I'd never been to Whole Foods before. My wife sent me in, uh, sent me out to get some Cheetos for a party. So I ran into Whole Foods and I'm like looking everywhere. I'm like, where are the
2: freaking Cheetos? Cheetos at Whole Foods? Like, this is bull crap.
3: And I was like, I was like stressed out, you know, because there was like, it was traffic in L.A. and I'm like up and down the aisles and I'm flustered and I marched right up to that, you know, checkout girl, And this is what I said. Where are the like, Cheetos? Where are the
2: dang Cheetos? I bet she looked at you like you were so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> she goes, oh, we
3: don't sell Cheetos or anything like that at Whole Foods. And wait, I was wait, like. What,
2: what is that accent?
3: I was uppity so, SoCal. I don't know.
2: It sounded English almost.
3: <laughs> my, all of my accents, Sarah. Shut up. All my accents sound the same. So, so I was like, all right, fine. And then this is what I said again. I'm going to friggin' Safeway, and that's what I did.
2: You really stuck it to them.
3: I did. I like, there you go. You
2: really stuck it to them. I but I mean vegans. Vegans—it's just so insufferable yeah. at times.
3: They're mi- they can be really militant.
2: Yes, and that's what gets me because I can I can appreciate some of what they have to say if there's true uh, animal abuse or terrible living conditions. I mean, I've seen some of those documentaries where they have the the chicken farms and they're literally just piled on top of each other, just living in their own poop. Okay, I mean, uh, we don't have to do that. But they get to the point where I'm just like, I, you know what? I'm going to eat a turkey leg right in front of you because I'm tired of hearing about it. Right. You know?
3: You see, well, you see that? There was a that, that video that came out a few months ago where they were like, they were protest. Some vegans were protesting outside like a restaurant. So they no. got, so like the chef took out like the, uh, he took out the meat that he was about to slaughter in the back, but did it at the right in front of the window where they were protesting.
2: No, it, oh, I did hear that? about that. So I great. did hear about that. That's
3: what they forced us to be like. I know. I know. Ah. I know.
2: Uh, speaking of, uh, vegetables, maybe, <laughs> uh, have you tried field of greens? You no. Oh, you didn't. You weren't oh, on the show. Wait, wait, oh, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the In way, the smoothie. The, yes. Yeah. So
3: surprising.
2: Yes. I know. Right. So, uh, brick house nutrition. We have talked about dawn to dusk, one of their, uh, supplements that I use it all the time. It keeps me going when I, uh, don't have coffee. I have too much coffee, and I'm actually at that place right now with the coffee this morning that I get like way too jittery. <laughs> should have taken a dawn to dusk instead. But um, Brick House also has Field of Greens, which is uh, it's a full serving of fruits and vegetables, and um, it is real food in powdered form. So it's 100% organic. It boosts your immunity. It has antioxidant power. And you can actually get men who typically are like, I'm not going to eat any vegetables. I'm going to eat me some meat and potatoes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You can actually sneak it in their smoothies. But I've also had it in just water um, just because I don't want the extra stuff that's in the smoothie. And it's amazing. Um, So you can do eight ounces of water, your favorite drink, whatever it is. You've got your full serving of fruits and vegetables. So men, you can get your wives off your back. And uh, women, you can give it to them and you can have it and make sure that your whole family is covered when it comes to getting your fruits and vegetables and eating healthy. Go to uh, BrickHouseDoc.com. Try Field of Greens today and get 10% off a month's supply. Uh, That is BrickHouseDoc.com. And use the offer code DOC.
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network.
2: just over here uh beating jason i know it hurts your (laughs) hand though (laughs) wait hold on let me let me test that Oh, 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 you flexed it We right were expecting <laughs> that, Wow. That felt very different from when I did it before. Wow. So we were over here talking about, uh, we both read this Vox.com tweet.
3: I knew you were going to love this.
2: Oh, my gosh, I nearly <laughs> fell out of my chair.
3: I was like, Sarah rant time. Yes.
2: <laughs> Not ju- when I read the tweet. Yes. But then when you go into the article, you're like, oh, my gosh, do you have any self-awareness at all? So uh, just let it be known. Yeah.
3: Let it be known that she got so worked up. Her jewelry is flying <laughs> lost, off her body.
2: <laughs> <lost my first laughs> <slip here. laughs> Woo, I need to calm down. (laughs) So the tweet says just a decade ago, the average American with employer sponsored coverage had a deductible of $303. Flash forward just one decade, and that number now sits at $1,350.
3: Huh, okay, narrator, what was going on during that decade? Did anything change in our healthcare? It's
2: funny you ask, Jason, (laughs) because it actually coincidentally, I'm sure, it's just purely coincidental. That this was the same time that our good buddy Obama was uh, transforming the healthcare system and campaigning for uh, Obamacare, also known as the Affordable Care Act. And, you know, uh, how affordable is
3: it, has it become?
2: Well, <laughs> as we heard from Vox, apparently not not very. Uh, but it goes on. And the, the top of the the article says this chart explains why Americans are so angry about health care. And then the byline says, and why they're becoming more open to the idea of single payer. Oh, God.
3: So Okay. Yeah, I'll let you. (laughs) Yes.
2: So (laughs) it goes on uh, to detail that obviously deductibles are going up. Obviously premiums are going up. And it also, this this particular article talks about uh, the cost of emergency room visits. I mean, because those are exorbitant costs and you don't realize it until it's you. Oh, like people dude. don't people don't understand how expensive it is to go to the hospital for something until they get stuck at the hospital and they get the bill and they're like $14,000 for stitches in my hand? What are you talking about? Dude, dude, dude,
3: dude. Can, can I interrupt you for one second?
2: Only because you said dude three times.
3: Awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind for next time. Anytime <laughs> I want to talk. Um, so just to hold your thought, but like emergency rooms. So like I just completely stopped going to them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like a lot of insurances now are like changing to like give benefits to go into like those urgent cares. Urgent cares, cares
2: yes. Because so they're so expensive. So remember or, my son rooms.
3: like a couple weeks ago yes. broke his arm. Yes. So he broke his arm in football practice. We like whisked him over to an... Uh, one of these urgent cares this place was capitalism and competition in action we walked in and somebody met us at the door and asked us if we wanted to have some uh, bottles of water i'm like what <laughs> there was hardly anybody in the waiting room but every single uh, room inside was full they wow. were just getting them in and getting them out, wow. and so and listen to this, and then I'll be done with this. But like we were, we were seen to instantly. They they took X rays of my son's arm. Then the doctor came in said, I don't think it's a, there's a fracture in it because it, if there is, it's something minor. But I'm calling in a specialist, there or another doctor that specializes in bone breaks, and he's just like a couple blocks away. He came in, wow. found the fracture. This is an urgent care.
2: That's crazy. And we
3: got basically free specialist attention. Yeah. To verify this. That's I'm sorry, that is competition and
2: capitalism in action. Now I will I will tell you ju- it, you'll find out in a couple weeks probably if it really was legitimately free or if they're going to try to charge you anything extra. Cuz sometimes the bill comes later.
3: Do they not rain on my parade insi- on this, Sarah Gonzalez.
2: <laughs> they run your insurance first, and then bill you later if if the insurance company doesn't pick it up. But I do understand where you're going. but, but, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sorry. It's the insurance agent in me that is just like. Now, Jason, if you want me to review the bill, if you get it, I can review the bill for you and I will all call the, the doctor's office for you and I will tell them that they need to shove it.
3: I don't know if I like the insurance agent in you. Maybe we could just keep that, you know, like partitioned. It's in my blood. <laughs> it's in my blood. Uh,
2: but so this article goes on to talk about the emergency room billing and, um, you know, which... It's so funny, the lack of self-awareness, because it's arguing that um, deductibles are going up, premiums are going up. And then it's talking about how expensive emergency room billing has become and how expensive. And I'm like, you do realize the insurance companies are paying those bills. So do you not understand why rates have gone up? They're, They're having to pay those bills. Plus, their hands are tied behind their backs because of oh, that's right, Obamacare. What in the world did you think was going to happen? You know, and uh, in in this piece, it talks about uh, my daughter's short visit to the emergency room where she received antibiotic ointment, and the antibiotic ointment was nine hundred and thirty-seven dollars. What for Neosporin? Yeah, come on. And that's and that's what I mean. You, and they charge. per Tylenol and it's like $53 for a non-sterile pair of gloves, which I'm like, you can't even get the premium sterile gloves for $53. You got to get the not, how much do sterile gloves cost? Right? So, but it's like, (laughs) why in the world deductibles have grown by 212% since 2008 Oh, weird, because we were getting Obamacare jammed down our throats at the exact same time. And, you know, I mean, at least implemented in 2010. And since then, we've seen this trend upwards on both deductibles and premiums. And they're really going to sit there and say, well, Americans are so angry. They're now becoming open to the idea of single payer. Are you so stupid! <laughs> you don't see the problem.
3: What's what? I I tell you what. And another prediction I made: my Ocasio-Cortez prediction. This is the second prediction. Obamacare will get uh, thrown out. It will get replaced, but Democrats will do it. They'll oh, be the ones.
2: Oh no! They'll be the ones once Does, they get single payer.
3: They'll exactly. Well, okay. So I I think that I think that I don't think it'll happen. I, I think it'll get shut down, but they'll be the ones that will do a legitimate try. To get it overturned and replaced with single pair.
2: But I mean, I just, I can't see the average American person buying into that. I mean, because you have to imagine, I read it and I was super pissed. And then I was like, okay, this is Vox. I have to remember, like, they're, you know, spinning this their own way. Yeah. I gotta believe in the American people that they will not latch on to that.
3: I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've got to well hey it's a good thing that we now have a Supreme Court you know that we have a stacked Supreme Court because this thing will go to the Supreme Court if they take it that far yeah. and now you know now we know that it's not going to go it's not going to pass yeah. it would have passed you know uh, five years ago would not pass today yeah
2: save us Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> save us <laughs>
1: The Collision of Common Sense and Comedy. This is the Morning Blaze. Hey,
2: good morning. We are uh, last hour. I can't believe it's already gone by so quickly. I feel like I have so much more to say. I That's, cannot believe it's You always have so much more to say, Jason. <laughs> uh, a, couple, a couple things. First of all, I told Jason that I would point out his chivalry on air. You knew it. I I was free. It's freezing in this room. And he so graciously offered up his big puffy vest. So I (laughs) look like a big giant black marshmallow. (laughs) But it is it. I already feel warmer.
3: Mama taught her son well.
2: Yeah. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, And then we've got a big announcement. So make sure that you're tuning in for that at 730 Central, 830 Eastern. Big announcement coming up. Uh, Jason, what tweet did you want to read really quickly?
3: Yeah. So we got a flood of tweets. I just wanted to hit this one really quick, uh, because he did have a point that a lot of people share, um, but this is coming from uh, at Mr. Underscore Busy One. Uh, He said that, I beg to differ on your assessment of Kavanaugh being proven innocent. If the FBI investigation was thorough and stated that no new evidence has surfaced and the victim no longer wants to pursue any charges, then you are still innocent by default. So, so I,
2: I just disagreed with the word proven. Right, right, right. I don't think because you can't be, I mean, in what happened. You can't be proven innocent. You can be presumed innocent. Right. But not proven innocent. Right. That was my point.
3: And I got it. I just wanted to make sure that was clarified. Yes. And, and and I do agree with that. And that's also what made this case so impossible because you really could not right. uh, prove this case. Right. You know, over 30 year case, you could not prove it. The only thing the FBI did was they basically did the same thing the Senate did, yeah. which is all you could a background investigation. But this case, you could not prove either way.
2: Yeah. Uh, Trump is going unleashed as if he was ever leashed before. But uh, he had some comments, some things to say about um, giving the Democrats too much control. They've become an angry left wing mob. It's kind of been the theme of the show today that, you know, we've been talking about. They are just going so extreme. They are too extreme to govern. We have that clip. Uh, If we could get that going, Kirk, it is uh, Trump talking about the Democrats mob rule. So he said, OK, so uh, apparently there are some technical difficulties. So oh, it was he- a good one. Too. I know. So he said you would not give matches to an arsonist and you can't give power to an angry left wing mob. That is what they've become. The Democrats have become too dangerous and too extreme to govern. Republicans believe in the rule of law, not the rule of the mob. Want to bring into the conversation uh, one of my good friends, Ben Ferguson, a national radio host. Hey, Ben, how are you?
8: Good morning. How are you guys? Uh, we're good, tired. Good.
2: We're tired. We've been, <laughs> I'm not. I've been up since 3.30. morning radio. Stuck it up. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's hard to get used to. Uh, so, did Ben, did, yeah, I have a question. Are
8: you tired because you had to wake up so early? Or are you tired because uh, you're tired of being a loser with the Dallas Cowboys this last weekend?
3: Oh, oh no. Oh, my uh, gosh. Can we drop this caller right now? Is that possible? <laughs> Dang it. Technical difficulties still.
2: No, he's... Well, the wait. The you're, no, I you're... Aren't you... you are you're, aren't you a Cowboys fan?
8: I am, but it was too easy because I know that when they lose, I just expect it. it's like an abusive relationship. I know oh. it's always going to get better. Yes, and I feel like with you, I feel like with you, you have this eternal hope that that Troy Aikman somehow the quarterback and Emmitt Smith is somehow running the ball and somehow we're going to win a Super Bowl. And then when I see that happen the, uh, the other night, I was just like, I know who's freaking out right now. Oh my it's gosh! Weird. Well, exactly. it's
2: just like I was, uh, you know, the the game. I said. What are you doing? Why are you punting? You should have been in my in my living room at that moment. I was going crazy. Totally should have. Fourth and totally. one. Fourth and one. 18 out yeah. of the 19 times in the Zeke-Dak era. 18 out of yeah. the 19 times we've gone for it. On fourth and one, we've made it. Why in the world would you punt? Thank you for getting me off on why, this tangent, why, Ben Ferguson.
8: Why on earth? It's like when I... See, I don't get to play golf very often, so when I do... I always laugh because people are like, you're going to go for it? I'm like, I didn't wake up this morning to lay up. I'm going for it. I do not get to play golf enough to lay up. I'm here to go all out. That's the same thing. It's like you, you play that long of a game. You're at the end. You have a chance to win the thing, and you punt it. Like, come on. And then at my base, my favorite part is Jason Garrett just clapping away. Like, thank you for not coaching, but, man, you're good at clapping. Right,
2: yeah. That's about the only thing that he's good at. Uh, so, uh-huh. Go ahead.
8: No, I was just going to say that and taking orders from Jerry Jones. Well, so yeah. Uh, apparently all you have to do to keep that job.
2: Yes. Yeah, he is. He has that leash on really, really tightly on, uh, on Jason Garrett. Uh,
8: <laughs> so, so we got our Cowboys uh, uh, support group out of the way. It's like, hi, my name is Ben. I, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Sadly. Let's move I'm, on to real, real news, as they say.
2: Yeah. So uh, did you hear those comments that, that Trump made?
8: Yes. Are you surprised?
2: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, But I just kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, do you agree with him that this is this is with mob mob rule, mob mentality at this point?
8: Of course it is. I mean, that's that's 100 percent what this is. I mean, this is a this is a mob mentality where it is to seek and destroy. Um, You know, there was a there was a clip that came out of Nancy Pelosi uh, talking about how you basically destroy someone's life. And she talks about, you know, you, you get it, you get an accusation out there, and then you get somebody in the media to write about it, and then everybody else gets to talk about how the media reported it, which is part of the character assassination. This is exactly what's happened. I mean, you, you know, look at all the people that are angry. Look at Cory Booker. I mean, Cory Booker yesterday is talking about, well, if we can just grab control of one of the houses— of Congress, you know, will impeach this guy. And it's, and it's exactly re- referring to Brett Kavanaugh referring yeah. to a Supreme court justice. Uh, you know, you, you see the mentality in the playbook here is consistent. What? If you don't like someone, you do everything you can to destroy that person. You go after a character assassination first and foremost to destroy them. And then you get the media to write insane headlines about them. Uh, they did it with Donald Trump with collusion and Russians and meetings and sons and daughters involved and this, that, and the other. You get somebody reported on the fringe media, uh, who I wouldn't even refer to as real media. Then the real media gets to pick it up as, oh, well, hey, I'm talking about it because somebody else talked about it. I mean, it's this, this is like Mean Girls in high school, it's, it's, it, except it's the real world we live in now, which is there is nothing – That is not on the table. There is nothing that is not an option to destroy somebody with.
2: But why do you think what gets me is that they they already started doing this before Kavanaugh was confirmed. I mean, that was their go to. They thought we are going to wage this culture war. Uh, You know, we're going all in on this and this is going to stop Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation. And it didn't. So it's like. Why are they still doubling down on it? If it didn't work before, why do they think it's going to work now? Or do you think it is going to work?
8: Well, I I think that when you have, I mean, and and I mean this seriously, if I'm sitting around as a logical advisor to the DNC um, or to a Democratic candidate for Congress, I would sit there and go, "Okay, let's let's take off the table what I can't what you can't run on. Okay, you you can't run on the economy's bad. You can't run off uh, uh, of the job market going overseas anymore. You can't run off of bad trade. You can't run off foreign policy because we're not in a bunch of wars, which is their usual go-to, right? Mm -hmm. Elect us, we'll get us out of Iraq, Afghanistan, we'll stop spending your money on these senseless wars and Mm -hmm. having American soldiers die. I mean, they've been using that one now for almost 15, 18 years now. Um, And so that one you can't use. So what's left? I mean, if you look at voters, what matters to voters? You know, it is, it's the economy. It's taxes. Democrats, what are they going to do? Go out there and say, hey, we're going to raise your taxes. It'll be good for you. Right. Um, we're going to get rid of the, the, the Trump tax cuts that, that we told you were only going to affect the rich, which clearly have not. They've affected every American. Help the job market. You're paying less in taxes. I mean, those are just examples of what do you have left? So the only other thing you have left, and I'm saying this if I'm just purely an advisor, taking, taking emotion and politics and my personal feelings out of it, I would, I, would, I would tell a Democrat candidate what you have to do is terrorize your constituents to believe that, that the world is ending, that Donald Trump and the Republican Party is a scary country that wants to destroy your life, wants to take away rights, wants to go back to a racist, bigoted time in America. And that's all they can run on. They can't run on anything else. You can't run on raising your taxes. You can't run on undoing NAFTA. You can't run on undoing you know, trade deals that clearly are going to be better for America. You can't run on, I want the economy to be worse. So what do you have left at your disposal? I mean, this is the whole thing, which is turn Donald Trump and delegitimize Donald Trump, right? You, you delegitimize Donald Trump and say that he stole an election, that he wasn't elected in a free and fair election, that he wasn't elected by the popular vote, which doesn't matter. And, and then you do the same thing to Brett Kavanaugh, and you say that Brett Kavanaugh is going to force you to not have an abortion, right? right. You're gonna, he's going he's to uh, somehow undo gay marriage. He's right. going to take away rights of African Americans. Uh, you, you, you scream, the guy is falling like chicken, little long enough, and I guess they think it's going to work.
2: Yeah, uh, but uh, you don't think that it will. Because I... I it's, no usually, I, I don't I, think I, that it I will. Said, I have I my moments on, I have my moments where yeah, I get I worried that it, it will.
8: I said this on TV all weekend long, and I laughed because after Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed, I, I looked at the Democrats strategist, strategist on TV, and I said, "You do realize what you guys just did? What you just did was gave up the Senate because I honestly believe, yes, that the Democrats were going to win the Senate. I do. I think the numbers were too tight. I think if they would have let Brett Kavanaugh be sworn in and they would have just run on, the Supreme Court is changed for, to a conservative court, and if you want that to stop and you care about gay marriage and you care about abortion and women's rights, you've got to make sure that we win this election, because if you don't, we're, we're done. Yeah. Right? If they would have done that, if they would have said that, I think this election honestly would have been over. Yeah. Um, I think they would have won back the Senate. I don't think they could have taken the House, but I think they certainly could have taken the Senate. And now, what they did was not only did we get a Supreme Court justice on there, the the enthusiasm gap. There are a lot of women, especially, who are very good voters. And what I mean is, if a woman cares about an issue, they show up in higher numbers than men do. There are a lot of conservative women and moderate women that looked at what was happening to Brett Kavanaugh, did not believe the accuser, did not you know believed evidence over feelings and emotions who saw their dads, who saw their sons, who saw their, their brothers, who saw their uncles uh, and family members and said, this could happen to one of them. I'm going to stand up to this. Oh, my gosh, I'm not going to allow this to happen.
2: Right. Uh, so really quickly, I want to get your take on what you think is going to happen in Texas, because we talk about this, you know, uh, ad nauseum here uh, at the Blaze, just because we're, you know, we're in Texas and we're seeing it. And I know that the po- there's... Polling that makes me a little more comfortable uh, in regards to the Cruz versus O'Rourke debate uh, uh, election, but about
8: that guy named Beto, right? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. And Beto. and everybody's supposed to vote for the Beto.
2: Beto. Oh wait, Beto is a white guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, he's the not white very guy Beto. Is a
8: white name.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So so I like to always call him O'Rourke. Uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke versus yeah. uh, Rafael Cruz. So what do you see is that is gonna happen there? Because I see beto signs everywhere. 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 And yeah. it, it worries me, but then the poll I, I see polling that makes me a little bit more comfortable. What's your take?
8: I look, I think before this Kavanaugh confirmation, um my my honest gut is is that before this Kavanaugh confirmation, Ted Cruz was probably gonna win by two or three points. Yeah. I think after this, I think he's going to win by somewhere between seven to ten. Uh, I don't. Wow. I think people are now energized. I think they're fired up. I think they've had enough. I think they've absolutely had enough, and yeah. this is this is their way of saying, we're not doing this anymore. Um, you, you know, we're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let this happen in Texas. And I do think it was close. And I think it was a cl- going to be close. There's always the risk when you run for president that you come down from this high high to a low low and then there's people that go well he doesn't really want to be a senator right he really wants to be president maybe he really doesn't care about the job as much as I thought and you have to overcome that you also have to overcome the fact you have a guy named Beto um you know that and I'd say that with a you know asterisk next to it um that has run a really smart campaign and has gone out there and done grassroots I mean you look at what O'Rourke has done in his campaign He literally is running for Senate the exact same way that Ted Cruz ran the first time when he was having to run against a a, a, a GOP establishment candidate who had unlimited funds, unlimited personal wealth, unlimited endorsements from uh, career politicians in Texas. And that's exactly how O'Rourke has run his campaign. I give him a lot of credit for that. I mean, I really do. I give him a lot of credit for that.
2: Yes. And and, uh, not no credit (laughs) to Ted Cruz for it seems like he's been dropping the ball. So. He just I, it, look, I, a little too arrogant. I, mean, I, I think.
8: think Cruz has been focused a lot on on what's going on in D.C. He was a, obviously a, a strong voice in the room when it came to the confirmation hearings, um, which is, I think, very, very important. I do think that, you know, you got to get back to your grassroots. you got to get out there and do the grassroots thing. you got to go out there and make sure that you don't let this one slip away. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder. Anytime you run for election, it's a humbling process especially when it's a lot closer than it should be. And if I was Ted Cruz, I'd be a lot more focused on getting back to the state uh, and a lot less focused on maybe some of the national stuff that I've been doing because clearly it put my seat in Congress at risk.
2: Yeah. Uh, ben, I would like to, to carry you on over to the next segment, but I know you've, I sure. know you've got it. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, great. Uh, all right. And I, cause I want to get your thoughts on Trump's uh, comments on stop and frisk, but First, I want to talk about losing weight. I know about losing weight. I lost uh, over 100 pounds many, many years ago. And keeping it off is the hardest part because you lose the weight. That Okay, that's really easy. Most people, the majority of people, gain back that weight. Uh, But either way, whether you're looking to lose weight or you're looking to just maintain and keep it off, maybe you are like Jason and I and you're already at that age where your metabolism takes a huge nosedive into the ground. Uh, you need riduzone. Ridiazone is basically the good molecule uh, in olive oil, and it helps keep you full, and uh, it helps boost your metabolism. So it just gives you that extra boost that you need. I use it; it's worked tremendously for me. I don't feel hungry. I'm not constantly craving junk food anymore. Um, it, it really, it really is. It's safe. It's natural. FDA acknowledged. You really need to try it. If you've hit that age where nothing seems to work in your weight loss world, go to riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Enter promo code DOC and receive 30% off a three-month supply. That is riduzone.com, promo code DOC for 30% off a three-month supply.
0: The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: We all know that uh, there is there are really severe problems going on in Chicago right now as far as uh, gun violence goes on the phone with Ben Ferguson, uh, national radio host. All right, Ben, uh, did you hear the comments that Trump made Recently, about stop and frisk, he was at a he was at the convention for the International Association of Chiefs of Police, and he said that he thinks that Chicago should strongly consider stop and frisk, and it works, and it was meant for problems like Chicago. What do you What do you think about that?
8: Uh, I would agree that it does; it is effective. I would also agree that it's clearly been shown that you can't do it. It's because of the unconstitutionality of it, racial the racial uh, aspect of it. And unfortunately it's not going to happen. Judges won't let it happen. The ACLU will go nuts. Politicians care more about the politics of that than actually saving people's lives. I do think that the president's comments show that he cares about the people who are being murdered senselessly uh, in Chicago every single day. And that's not an exaggeration. I mean, you look at, I mean, we're talking 30, 40, 50 people shot, 60 people shot on a weekend, which is insanity. Yeah, Uh, this is exactly this is exactly what's happening uh, in Chicago. And look, this is a personal issue for me. A lot of people don't know this. I'm a victim of a gun crime. Um, I've I've been jumped. It was a gang initiation um, and uh, I was beaten up and had a gun and luckily was able to fight back and shoot back and save my life. Um, You know, both the people that ended up assaulting me both had prior records. Both were convicted felons. Both were out early on bail. Both, One of them even had another court date. Both of them were not allowed to own guns. They had guns anyway. Uh, and it was in a city, Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown, where you have the same type of mini Chicago. Uh, you have crime out of control. And you had the CEO of the chamber uh, in my hometown that was cold-blooded murdered after leaving a Chamber of Commerce event at 7.30 last week uh, wow. in Memphis, Tennessee. And my point is, is that, you know, crime... Crime doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care what your resume says. It doesn't matter if you're in charge of, of promoting the city for goodness sakes. It doesn't care who you are. And I think the president's point is is a point that he's saying you better get this under control. Clearly it's a political issue there because you saw that the president's former chief of staff not going to run for re election as Chicago mayor because I think he knows he can't he, he's not willing to do or, or doesn't know how to do what it takes. I I, I would say the people in Chicago. It's time to declare a state of emergency, which is a way to, to implement partial stop and frisk where you have an early curfew. It, it, it's sundown in high crime areas and hot spots. And then once that once people are out there, the police can stop them and see what's on them because they're out past curfew. You can ask for IDs. You can run those IDs, see if there's warrants out. So there are ways to do it without being direct stop and frisk, yeah. uh, which is the point that I think the president was trying to make. And, and you know, it, I, I also say this when, when everybody talks about these high climb areas, whether it's my hometown of Memphis uh, or Chicago, isn't it interesting that it's people like the president, like myself, who are screaming and yelling, demanding change on crime. And we're standing up and let's be let's be real candid. The majority of the people that are being murdered in Chicago are African-Americans, yes. not white people. Yes. The majority of the people that are being killed in Memphis are not African are not white people. They're African-Americans. I'm standing up for African-Americans, innocent African-Americans. And yet the Democratic Party that claims that they care and they're the only ones that care about African-Americans are the ones that are doing absolutely nothing to protect them and save their lives, which is so, so infuriating to me.
2: Yeah uh ben tell everyone before i let you go tell everyone where they can listen to your show
8: yeah they can uh it's easy the easiest way just check me out on facebook and twitter ben ferguson show on twitter and facebook uh and then you uh, we've got all the info up there just follow us there then you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app as well and uh and as always thanks for having me on guys I enjoyed being with you this morning
2: yeah thank you thanks, so ben. much ben we'll talk soon
8: sounds good have a good day
3: that sound right there breaking news this radio voice i mean i'm not i'm not saying that i mean i I have a knack for picking these uh stories you know but uh i'm just saying there's another one
2: of those i mean i'm not saying (laughs) that's exactly what this is
3: that's exactly what this is so breaking news from the ap associated press Uh, they just tweeted out breaking wife of ex-interpol president details telephone threat Says she was told China has dispatched teams to find her in France. Wow. Come on, man! So if you have, if so, if you're just tuning in now and you missed this, this is that Interpol president, that Chinese Interpol president that was detained uh, and kidnapped by the Chinese government. Unbelievable. And we now he can be detained for an unlimited amount of time, and it's all and we about. We don't know this. if he's
4: alive. We no, we don't. <laughs> no, yeah, we because don't. we have to take their word that yes, we took him. It's absolutely crazy. (laughs) This is absolutely so. If if this is
3: if this is true, like I can't imagine like what they would actually do. Uh, They might just be going to look for her to identify her Mm -hmm. and then try to pull something in the international court, Mm -hmm. you know, and try to get some kind of extradition. It's funny that that. you say
4: this because I don't know. I know you don't remember his wife, but you said France should give her. Protection. Yeah, they, yesterday. So now I'm like, oh, I hate you so much because now I have to go set up some Google alerts. And I'm gonna stress about this story because I want to know what ends it. They're probably gonna send Jack Ryan to go get her. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yep. So like, what is gonna happen? They
3: should grant her asylum right now. They should grant her asylum if it hasn't already been done. It should be fast track. She needs to be living in the embassy with. Her. I think Absolutely. they have children actually as yes, well. Yes, oh, yes. Gosh. So our, so and this has happened before. We talked about this yesterday. And another person, this was, I think it was an actress. She was like, yeah, the Chinese. Is yeah. one of China's most popular actresses. Whatever she did or said, it pissed off the government. They went after her, arrested her under these uh, corruption, air quoted corruption charges, then went after her family. They also wow. got, like, yeah, like her son and somebody else. So And I think they're now in a political prison as well. Mm. They're absolutely ruthless. And it's just, it's intimidating, it's intimidation, bully tactics.
2: It's, it's crazy. It's interesting to me um, that, you know, you are a nerd about this. Big You're nerd. a nerd about this too, I yes, think, right yes. Uh, but the average American, we all live in this bubble, and so I'm surrounded by you guys, and I hear these stories. But it's like we don't have any idea what's going on over there. Yeah. It's yeah. insane that it's, these. I mean, and then uh, again with China, all of the they're rounding up ch- uh, Christians. Christians, yeah. I mean, it's like you have no idea unless you really dig into the details that, that well, that's going on.
4: And that's why you should travel. And that's why I love Glenn's. You know. Uh, they travel the world. Look what's happening around the world. It's not you know liberty and red, white, and blue. It's and scary it, out yes. there, and it,
3: and it teaches you what's possible back yes. here at home. So exactly. pay attention. Exactly. exactly. Yep.
0: The morning blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: have a uh, Mr. Stubardier Hello, joining Yay. us. Hello. Uh, I, I always want to <laughs> always want to call you Stuart. And then I'm like, wait, this is not <laughs> actually his name. It's yeah. Steve. Yeah, it's hard
9: to call me by my full name when it's just a completely fake name. <laughs> uh, so. But everyone accepts that
3: that's what your name is. <laughs> yeah, ask my wife. That's uh, so
2: that's the best part of that story. Wait, she, she calls you Stu? She calls him she yes, does. <laughs> uh,
3: thanks a lot, Glenn. Uh, thank you for that. Well I am forever betrill. I'm yes, just kind of like, yep. drilled mm-hmm. into it. Yes, you are. It's, it's
2: amazing. <laughs> yeah, but that's at least your name. <laughs> no, it's not, not really. It's, it's oh, No, yeah, it's, oh, it's oh, <laughs> he, he can't pronounce He's mispronouncing your name, but buttril. it's at least your name.
9: Yeah. It's not like he's mispronouncing Steve and getting <laughs> Stu. <stew. laughs> he <laughs> just thinks my name is <laughs> Stu. And I, my wife actually asked me early on in our relationship when we were dating, you know, uh, she understood the story and yeah. realized that Glenn just screwed up my name. Like, do you want to be Stu or Steve? And of course, at that point, like I'm just trying to like keep her around for another week. You know, it was, you know, and I was like, oh, whatever you want. And Call so Stu and now, and now, now I'm Stu. That's hilarious. Not, pay for it, no. <laughs> not happy.
2: Uh, all right. So you've got some big announcements for us.
9: Yeah, I want to talk about some of the changes we have kind of going on at the Blaze here. Um, and, you know, it's, I think some of it's really exciting. Some of it's a little bittersweet. Um, Doc Thompson is moving on. He's going to be uh, doing his, his own thing. Um, and, you know, that's uh, it's not you know always easy with these kind of changes happen, but this one's I think pretty exciting. I mean, Doc is a great talent, he's a great host, he's a good guy. I mean, I you know, we've loved Doc for a long time. I remember going back and listening to Doc at uh, WRVA in Richmond, you know, and at that time, he's like one of these up and coming hosts and he's making a lot of noise and he's built an incredible career for himself, really. Um, and he's now kind of doing turn parlaying that into his own thing, um, and it's pretty exciting. You know, I, I think one thing you get from listening to Doc's show every day, if, if you've been here for a long time, is uh, he's a real entrepreneur. Like, Doc has mm, yes. an entrepreneurial spirit that yes. is really authentic. Yes. Um, and, you know, we always talk about these kind of conservative principles and things that we believe in, going out, taking risks, you know, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you know. And it's like, Doc's really living that. Yeah. You know, Doc is starting his own thing. And, uh, you know, I think that's awesome he's got it's, a, it's, it's also a bit like a testament to what is possible nowadays yeah like yes. you could not do this yeah. what five five years ago yeah something like that no, you, i mean when we tried to do it here it was like the biggest undertaking in the world yeah, yeah. and uh you know doc's able to do that now and, and i think it's really exciting i mean he's got you know a lot of great people over there some really cool shows you know brad staggs who uh, we love over here at the blaze he's over there as well and I think he'll be there until at least Bitcoin hits 30 or 40,000 and, and never hear from Brad again. Um, but, you know, they're doing they're doing something, I think, really exciting over there. And, uh, you know, it, it is a, a tad bittersweet because we'd like having Doc around here. But the fact that you're able, you know, he's able to kind of go out there and live conservative principles and, and try something on his own is really exciting. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. We have a lot of problems in America. Um, Having too much conservative content is not one of them. It's not, uh, it's um, not a problem. It's really great that we're going to have another place to go get real conservative libertarian I mean, it, talk. It,
2: to be fair, it may be a problem for like Rachel Maddow. Yes, <laughs>
9: it is. Yes. <laughs> they do not want uh, Doc to start up his own thing. So if you don't know, it's called Mojo um, you know He's got a bunch of good shows uh, that are starting up and, and they're going to have a lot of really exciting things and you should totally check it out.
3: mojo dot ocom yeah,
9: yeah, it's important that we when we have... Uh, people who are willing to take a risk you know we complain about the medium uh, media all the time what are you doing about it well doc's doing something about it and Mm -hmm. he's starting something and i think it's really cool and and you should totally check it out Um, and it's it's mojo50.com and then over here in the blaze we have really i think some really cool changes as well Uh, first of all um, the big one uh, as far as if you're listening now uh, is pat gray is going to be moving to mornings uh here on the blaze which is is Yay! really cool i know it's uh, very exciting and pat you know a lot of people only know pat from you know his stuff here at the blaze uh, if you happen to be a listener here um you know with glenn and and of course pat and Stu, which was one of the greatest shows uh, ever in history and of course pat gray unleashed <laughs> now um but uh but we to get pat to the blaze we had to rip him out of two simultaneous number one morning shows in texas and two of the biggest markets in america you know pat has been uh you know Pat is one of the, you know, the most successful morning show hosts in the country. Um, and he's going back to kind of the, the place he's been for most of his career. He's, you know, he's done mornings for most of his career and he's awesome at it. You know, I love Pat um, and he's going to be great doing mornings here on The Blaze. And then you're going to have the radio show as, as it is now uh, with Glenn and, and myself. And then after that, um, a new show starting here on The Blaze with Steve Dace. Um, if you cool. don't know who uh, Steve is, uh, you're going to like him a lot. I
2: love Steve Dace.
9: He's great. Super smart super principled i mean you know here's a guy who's really you know walked through walls of fire for his principles um and he's still standing and that's something that we really appreciate here at the blaze uh certainly uh, uh you know glenn and, and pat and doc have all done that uh, a lot and uh, it's not always easy steve has done it as well um and this is something we're doing kind of in conjunction with crtv he's got a show there as well so uh you know that part of it is, is really cool and i think It's kind of the overall message, I think, which is like, you know, we're working with CRTV, which, you know, people would say, oh, they are competitors and like, well, Doc is starting his own thing. Well, there's no reason we can't support all of this. Like uh, we should be supporting it and and getting people excited about what Doc's doing. I mean, it's really cool. And and what CRTV is doing. They've got a lot of great hosts there, too.
3: There's never been. I don't think because we've been talking about this like mob rule mentality. You know what I mean? It's never been more important now. I think that for conservative voices in mass to get out there, yeah. you know, especially based off of principle, yeah. well, not based off of like what we were talking about, like this populist, you know, uprising on both sides. Yes.
2: And you don't have to agree on every single little thing. We're on the same side. That's what gets me about mm. just lately, even with conservatives. It's like, for instance, I talked about, um, Dr. Ford and I said, I believed Dr. Ford, Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, I believed that something actually happened to her. I just didn't think that it was Kavanaugh. But then I kind of transformed into, yeah, actually, I don't believe it anymore. And I had I had conservatives yelling at me yeah. like, "Well, what are you too stupid to figure it out? Yeah. I knew she was lying from the beginning." I'm like, "I'm on your side. I know. We're all on the same team." Well, you know, I hate to say team, but. Well, we believe in conservative principles. We may disagree on the nuances, but let's all stick together here.
9: Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, you know, it's funny if you look at it from the other perspective. When we're watching the news and we see two liberal hosts, you know, battling at each other, does that make us feel good or bad? It makes us feel good, right? right? Like we're like, ah, look right, at them. Right. It's like there's no reason no. to provide that enjoyment to the left uh, when when for us to do it. There's no There's no reason. There's enough room. I mean, you know there is plenty of room for other conservative voices and, and and outlets. I mean I think it's really exciting we're going to have extra places to go to see great conservative and libertarian talk. We need it, man. We need it badly. Uh, so I mean it's it's a cool thing. You know I, I hope that we can, um, you know I hope we can get to a place where it's not so uncommon yeah. where you're able to find conservative and libertarian talk in the mainstream. But until we get there, we have no choice but to try to do this our, all of our on our, on our own and. Uh, you know, I, in a way, like as a conservative, I'm kind of excited about that that prospect. Can I go
3: off on a tangent really quick here before we wait? Leave wait, stew? I have a I, I have a
2: question for oh, him. Oh, you go. Um, first. Pat, Pat unleashed, but earlier in the morning, is mm-hmm. he like more unleashed? Because I feel like it's <laughs> yeah. morning and he might be grumpier. Well,
9: yeah. yeah. Have you ever you know you, when you ever ever have that time where you, uh, you 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 wake up and you look at your alarm clock and it's like three hours earlier? You Usually, feel good. Um, <laughs> when your alarm goes off and you have to wake up. Three yeah. hours earlier, <laughs> like Pat, I think was telling me that he to do this he has to get up at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, Pat is going to be yeah. incredibly unleashed. We may have to slightly leash him <laughs> yeah. uh, to make I this work leached, so. The XL
3: version uh, of Pat <laughs> unleashed. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. laughs> right, Jason, your rant. No, we we were just talking about, and I, I'm I think I'm more uh, I think I'm more pessimistic on this. But a lot of people we, we were just talking about this a little bit is that, uh, that that Democrats have really kind of overstepped here, and they were on this big trajectory that Ben was just talking about mm-hmm. um of possibly taking the Senate, probably taking the Senate, maybe not the House, but now that they've maybe overstepped and and they've and they lost some here, but I'm kind of i'm I'm, I'm actually pessimistic on this Are because you? I am because I just just the the vitriol and the uh just this blind like rage, I guess. Uh, I it doesn't seem like it matters if if you know what the facts were like, no one even really cares. So it seems Mm -hmm. like this is almost just building to where people are being shoved into each corner. Like everyone was pretty much already had their minds up. Now it's just even more made up on both sides.
9: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, You know, you know, I I think, you know, as far as the election goes, I think, you know, Republicans very well might still lose the House. Um, But I think they'll hold the Senate. You know, I mean, it would be a surprise to me if they didn't. But, you know, this stuff, it winds up being, you know, all about anger and teams. And I mean, look, the two most important people in politics right now apparently are Kanye West and Taylor Swift. (laughs) And like that's not a world that this this stuff should not be based on that uh, on on that stuff. People have left their thinking caps at home. Uh, And, you know, that's one of the things that initially drew me to the conservative movement. Right. Which was. I, I saw that sort of everyone thinking about things emotionally on the left, and I don't like that. I, I want to stop. I want to stop thinking about emotion. You know, it's, it's, it's leaving it's their work. thinking caps
3: at home is interesting because I think that they don't mind that they've left their. I think they yeah. want their thinking caps off uh, on this because now it's just we want to fight. Yeah. yeah, you know what I
9: mean. Well, we but, don't want to debate principle or, or issues. We just want to fight. Yeah, the Kavanaugh thing is is incredible in that in that moment. It is really highlighted, I think, where we are, mm. which is you know, I've never seen anything like it. People are. It's one thing to say, like, I, you know, I don't know. I have doubts about Kavanaugh. It's one thing. Or, I, you know, I, I don't know. She was credible, and I tend to believe her. I think those are totally rational viewpoints. I can't believe how many people on the left say, I know he's a rapist. Yeah. I know he did these things. There's no way to do that. There's not enough evidence. And, and the, the anger that has come out of that, talking about banging on the, the walls of the Supreme Court, and this fury and anger is, you know, it's borderline insane. Yeah. Uh, and, you know— it, You wonder if after this, and we saw this with like O.J. Simpson, right, where there was like a fury about like he's innocent. We know he's innocent. And then the other side, there's that fight. Years and years later, you look at the polls, the African-American population, for example, went from I think 20% of people thinking O.J. did it to today it's about 60. I mean, it... Once that craziness of that moment cleared, people were able to sober, you know, get sober, look at the facts and say, OK, yes, he did it. I think the same things here with Kavanaugh. People will, I think, eventually look back on this and say that was bonkers. Yeah. But in the moment, I don't think they can recognize it.
2: I would also just like to add just to be a little bit of a give an optimism, a dose of optimism here before we get into uh, talking about TACPAC. Uh, <laughs> I think that you guys are looking at, you know, all of the anger, Jason, you talked about just everyone's angry and we're all separated. I disagree. I think that there is that fringe left that has separated. But I do think the moderate Democrat, the average moderate Democrat sees that and they're scared of it. I think that they want to back away from it. I, I want but to do believe those, that but we do see those... This on Twitter, but like that's not yeah. what the actual average do average moderate. Democrats
9: even exist? Yeah, well, they do. <laughs> I, I
2: don't I think know. That they do. <laughs> yeah, at moderate Democrats and independents, at least.
9: I, I think that's true, and I think on most issues you can sort you can see them. Um, the Kavanaugh thing revealed something a little scary, and then I feel like a, a lot of those people who, generally speaking, would be okay. Like, look, you know, I disagree with conservatives on this, but it's a little bit more rational than everyone's making it out to be. A lot of those people jumped off the cliff during Kavanaugh. They they lost their cool. And you do need those people who are sensible on the other side, who can tr- at least attempt to understand, and, and people who are persuadable, right? Yeah. Like, if, we, if we're all in this, you know, code pink style world, and both sides, everyone separates into those groups, there's going to be no point in talking about any of this stuff because no one's going to be persuadable. There are a lot of
3: average... Uh, Republicans that were staunch never never Trumpers that are now yeah. writing yes. articles saying this is the man yes. for this time. Yeah. The yes. fight drew them in, made them not I read one article recently where they said that now I was a staunch never Trumper, but now I wish I could remember who wrote it. But they were like, now I, I'm fully on board.
2: I just saw Eric Erickson write that.
3: Maybe that maybe that's who it was. Yeah. That For Eric Erickson. Yeah. So if he can go into the Trump camp what are average Democrats, where are they going? They're not going to stay in the middle. They're going with the horde.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jason, have you have you heard about you've talked about TacPack, right? Yeah. OK. Do, what? So it's it's right up your alley. It's a <laughs> monthly it's a monthly subscription box for uh, gun people. So each month you will receive a curated package that contains items. They've got AR-15 gear, tac- mm. tactical gear, um, a bunch of a bunch of different things that I would look at it and be like, what is this a doorknob? I don't.
7: What?
2: <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea what they are. But they would be very useful uh, if you are a big two A person. You're into guns. That uh,
3: doorknob unscrews. And there's always like weapon attachments inside. Yeah, it. and I would
7: have <laughs> never known. I would have been
2: like, "Dude, we needed a new doorknob on here." I didn't know. Uh, so it's a box that contains a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars worth of gun gear for forty nine ninety five a month. That is a bargain. That's a steal. I mean, that's I'm that's December twenty fifth every thirty days. I'm not. Right. Exactly. I'm not a great math person but mm. I feel like you're, you're mm. getting the better end of the deal on that. one.
9: No one who is a good math person <laughs> calls themselves a math person. That's not a thing.
2: <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> uh, but there's no contract. You can cancel anytime with uh, no strings attached, no fees, no weight, no one more charge before you're done. Uh, BS, you can cancel your subscription at any time. So I'd say it's worth a, uh, it's worth a shot. That's great. Again, a hundred to $150 worth of gun gear for 49.95 per month. Uh, You can go to, uh, what is it, TACPAC, TACPAC TACPAC.com, TACPAC.com, use the offer code BLAZE at checkout to receive a free TACPAC gun cleaning mat. That is TACPAC.com.
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson.
2: The Blaze Radio Network. coming up. Uh, but first, want to talk about Patriot Mobile. So, if you're not using Patriot Mobile, you are uh, probably using, you know, I don't know, Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, Yeah, what you don't know is that those organizations are actually taking the money that they receive from your bill that you're giving them, and they're donating it to Planned Parenthood, uh, other organizations that you're not actually trying to donate money to. You're trying to donate money to the opposite organizations, and that's why you need Patriot Mobile. It is uh, the only mobile cellular device that, uh, or I should say, uh, service that... Actually, donates your money where you want it. Conservative causes, conservative values. Chris, you use Patriot Mobile?
4: Yeah, I've been using it for two years now, and it's fascinating. I love how I'm usually the only one that has cell reception while everybody's trying to like make a phone call. Especially when I go to Houston and in the middle of the woodlands, they're like no cell reception. I'm like, I got my Patriot Mobile. So. That's that's well, really
3: interesting because I think that would be the only thing that would stop people yes. from going yes. to another. Uh, but that's network. why it's
2: funny because people don't realize that the towers are at, like they share, they share towers. towers. It's not the it's and, not just just one no. person or one company has it. One set of towers. And by the way,
4: yesterday we talked about Credo Mobile. Credo Mobile was created by Credo Action. Credo Action and Credo Mobile fund the new push to impeach Kavanaugh. Wow. Wow. Yes. So
2: if you're not using Patriot Mobile, you could be Absolutely. donating to those causes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can choose where your money goes. You can bring your own device or you can select one of many Android and iPhone models starting at only $4 a month. Make the switch today. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash doc or call 1-800-APATRIOT. Patriot. is PatriotMobile.com slash doc or one 800 A Patriot. All right, Chris. So Stu just told us there were know. you know, there were changes. Obviously <laughs> Sad news. Yeah, obviously that I'm I sure have, the listeners are are yeah. wondering what's gonna happen. Yeah, for example, to you. you
4: have Justin saying, and boom, the morning blaze is officially dead. Chris, you will be missed. no absolutely not i will not be missed because you can't get rid of
2: him that you cannot
4: i'm like a disease i'm like you're like herpes uh, yes (laughs) well thank you for saying that because now i'm working with jeffy so i will be getting the herpes the gonorrhea all those things probably by the end of the week but i'll be working with jeffy i'll be doing some things like what i like to call fat bear week do you guys know what fat Bear Week is. F- no. This has
3: something to do with Jeffy. I'm assuming. Uh, yes. <laughs> but not is that, that the name of his new podcast? It's being renamed to <laughs> Fat Bear Week. <laughs> That's a good one. The fat with so the fat bear. this is a
4: fascinating story. If you're tired of politics, go to Fat Bear Week on Facebook. On uh, just Google Fat Bear Week, and what happened is. We follow bears out of Alaska, and right now they're they're gaining, you know, weight because it's hibernation season pretty right, soon. Right, So you get to vote on who is gaining the most weight and who looks good. They have them oh numbered. Gosh. Bear thirty two versus Bear seven forty seven. So right now, why don't well, they get names? <laughs> well, some people get names, some people don't get names. So right now, if we put up the bracket, yes, right there, that bracket tells us what? today is. Fat Bear Tuesday, and Jeffy's going to cover this on his podcast later today. We have 409 bed Nose versus 747. Not good enough for a name. The crowd, the person, I mean, the bear will be crowned today at 6 a.m. Uh, Alaska time, and that person will win. Well, that bear will win, Fat Bear Tuesday. It is fantastic. So
3: it's 409 bednose versus
4: 747. Yeah, and I want to show you guys some- I predict
3: Bed Nose by
4: Nose. I'm going <laughs> to show you some pictures. So here's, we'll, we'll start with Bed Nose um, TV. I would like to see bednose Skinny, and I want you guys to see the difference between bednose Skinny and bednose Nose uh, Fat, which is 409, uh, and it's fascinating when you see this picture of how much weight- they put on so this is okay. skinny oh, okay skinny. we'll start with 747. 747 okay so this is skinny 747 and then here's which is not
2: necessarily no skinny. it is not look at this oh my gosh look at this wow he looks, wow he needs some rydia he
3: looks like he Scott. ate his his former skinny self
4: <laughs> absolutely like it's
3: inside him
4: isn't wow. that amazing
3: that's awesome wow.
4: so you get to follow along and this is the Katmai National Park and Preservation uh, and its #FatBearWeek and by the way the best thing i have not told you this: you could follow these bears by camera. <laughs> <laughs> so there's That's a, a live stream it. camera just streaming all these bears just being bears and you sit there <laughs> being bear. And it's just like them eating, them having fun, little cubbies, you got like little baby cubbies just walking Aww. around. It's fascinating. I put I sent the link to my son. He was like yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Well,
2: like, you it, sent the link to your son, but you yeah. were telling us off air there were there was some
4: yes, there's some uh, shady action. Adult, adult, adult action. Yes, uh, some adult, adult action. bear action. Adult <laughs> bear action. I was like, that is nature, baby. Oh, and then we got to see because uh, me and Jeffy sat down yesterday to watch it. We got to see bear fights. We got oh, adult bear content. We got little baby bears just walking around, roaming. <laughs> we there's a camera inside, well, uh, under the fall, and you could actually see them. You just snatch one with her hand, well, with a big paw, and just eat them. It's a fascinating thing. If you want to get away from politics, just go to Fat Bear.
3: That's hilarious. Wow. In, the, in, in the absence of like a, some other kind of like entertainment, you know, in Alaska, you know, I, don't yeah. know, I mean, what are you, you going to go throw on the snowshoes and go right. hiking around, or are you going to watch Bear
4: Week? Well, here's you know, the thing too. Live. We, we learned that Donald Trump <laughs> likes the Gorilla Channel. I'm sorry. Wait, I'll what? Remember that it was like. No, you guys remember that? There's a no. gorilla channel. There no. is no <laughs> <laughs> So I <have> many questions. <laughs> it was. It was supposedly uh, a White House person came out and said that Donald Trump requested to have a gorilla channel <laughs> on his network. So all his people got together and put it. This is hasn't been proven true that Donald Trump likes a gorilla channel. But when I saw this, I was like, Trump, gorilla channel, no. The Bear fat Channel. Bear, fat the bear. Fat Bear Week. Come on, that's what, where it's at.
3: Sarah, when we land our exclusive with the president, that's question number one. Yes. <laughs> so, Obviously. We got a lot of stuff to get to, but first,
4: the gorilla channel? <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that sure your well. true boss? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be working with Jeffy, I'll be working with different shows. I'll be taking like my old job, the the one that I actually went to school for, which is producing, podcast producing, and that's the one. True thing I love, but I will, I'll be popping in, in and out.
2: So you're excited.
4: I'm super excited because- get back, to
2: your, get back to your roots. Absolutely.
4: I hate this whole being on camera and in front of a mic. It's so much pressure. I don't know how you guys do it. <sighs> yeah, uh,
2: I, I don't know. Wait, wait, I would say, especially at this time in the morning, like my brain is not quite working firing at all cylinders. that's when it's yeah. rough yeah
3: 3:30 a.m. like he was talking he was talking about this when pat has to get up that's that's when i got up today Yeah. and like i remember like well, the what was that, yesterday i got up at, i i didn't get to sleep till 12:30 because somebody's <laughs> kid got sick like right in the middle of the night and kind of like threw the responsibility like the show on me so a 103
7: fever
3: oh, oh okay yeah blame oh the kid <laughs>
4: hey that's why you watching. beat kids you have Hi, to boy.
3: you have to be a mom that's okay that's why you throwing have kids. That at me
4: you Use him as like, oh, he's sick. <laughs> he, he was legitimately he just sick. Got sick. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'll okay, be there You later. dads
2: don't know what it's like to have to take
4: <laughs> on
2: uh, all the sick kid business. Okay? Patriarchy. It's uh, always, it's always, patriarchy. On time.
3: <laughs> patriarchy. All
2: right, everyone, tune into uh, the News and Why It Matters podcast or uh, watch it on the Blaze. You can uh, tweet us later using hashtag theblazewhy. It's been real.
4: Has it? I don't know it's about been that. Real. We still got more time. Let's time. fill it up. We got more time. <laughs> hey!
0: Believe it or not, you are actually being informed. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.